Hi, everybody. I'm Paul Goebel. Who are you? Oh, hi. I'm Mike Schmidt. I'm, I'm pacing. I apologize. I'm walking across the room. Yeah, he's walking across the room because I had to make him start. Uh, this is Hey, Watch This. Welcome, Mike. Hey! Mike is filling in for David. Watch this. Who's celebrating Valentine's Day today. I don't celebrate Valentine's Day because my anniversary is the day before Valentine's Day. You're not that guy. Don't be that guy. Why would I want to celebrate my anniversary and then celebrate Valentine's Day? Because you're awesome and a good person to Brooke who's lovely? dumb. So I do this great thing on, on my anniversary, get a great gift, plan this awesome dinner, and then the next day I'm supposed to buy a fucking bear... And a flower for her? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with extending your love. <laughs> King Ding Dong. Forget it. <laughs> oh, man. What are you awful. doing on this Valentine's Day? Oh, what? is that what it's all about? That's what it's all about. What? You want to be have as much uh, contact with your lady as possible on Valentine's oh Day. Oh, my God. I would love it. She's not here. No, we're each spending Valentine's Day with the wrong person. It's Dang fucking it's terrible. terrible. All right. That makes sense. All right. But even, well, so, even if she were here, though, I would celebrate. I would. You know what? I would celebrate Valentine's Day 364 days a year. The only day I wouldn't, her birthday. Why Why not? Well, why because then we're celebrating her birthday, and it would, I would not cloud her birthday why with Valentine's Day month. Why can't you do both? Well, I would be doing the, all the others 364 days of the year, and then the other day, her birthday. All right. Because well, her birthday is so special, it would supersede St. Valentine's Day. I'm celebrating our anniversary 365 days of the year. Whoa. What do you think of that? I think you win. <laughs> I've just been blocked out. You've blocked me out and grabbed the rebound and thrown an outlet pass That's for right. a dunk. That's right. That's how I do it. Mm-hmm. I share. I can't share any more of my love. That's It's all, it, I got nothing left. Nothing left to share. It sounds Mike. like a Freddie Jackson song. <laughs> I don't even. Know. I can't share any more of my love. <laughs> it's a Keith Sweat with my lady number. So what's new, Mike? You're filling in for David, who's celebrating. He's gone, but you, uh, you uh, like to travel the country. I do. What's new? Where you been? You know, I've been all over this great land of ours. <laughs> I was in Pittsburgh last year. Before yeah. uh, last time I was here, I go to Wisconsin every couple of weeks to see my girl, the, sure. the lovely Jill. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, where was I just recently? We were in Florida to see my parents. Nice. Yeah, and in all of these places, I was able to, hey, watch this. I watched TV stuff just to try to keep up with you. No. And now you've got a palatial estate. Let's talk about that. This is my first time in your new house. Sure. And the uh, studio. We haven't even unpacked. You can see it's still in flux. Well, I was a little late because I had to buy a gun to be able to come to this neighborhood. But other than that, it is lovely. <laughs> it's a little urban. Well, I don't want to cast aspersions. But that's why it's so cheap. That's but when why I, I pulled here. up, I saw Sean Penn and Robert Duvall outside rousting black youth. <laughs> There's colors. Well, sure. Colors reference, sure. I'm nice. a nightmare walking, a psychopath talking. I heard that. <laughs> I heard that about you. King of the jungle. I am a nightmare walking, psychopath There's talking. There's this guy who uh, Jim and I knew in high school. Mm-hmm. And we used to do, when we started doing comedy, he was one of the guys who would go out and with us and do comedy sometimes. And he he eventually, I don't know what happened to him. We're not friends anymore. But he had this deal. One of his big hits was that he worked at a, uh, he worked at a movie theater. So one of his bits was his hilarious rap about working at a movie theater. Oh, my. And we saw it so many times, I can still remember it. I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking, concessionaire. No, I am a ticket taken. That's what it is. Hot popcorn making. Concessionaire with the hot dogs bacon. <laughs> He's baking hot dogs? Yes, it rhymes, but I'm sorry. You're compromising the integrity of the cooking of that hot dog. Is so bad. Don't bake a hot dog. Boil them, please. Or grill them. Certainly grill them much better. 
I, what is it? I stay in line. I, oh man, I get a pass. I st- give them class. And I'm polite when they're a pain in the neck. Oh, and you're telling me this guy never went anywhere? Come on. <laughs> I don't know what he did. Misdirection I'm not saying he never like went that. Anywhere. I'm just saying I don't know what happened to him because we're not friends anymore. Hmm. Uh, he was a giant well, douche. Did but... you end that friendship when you heard that rap? Sadly, no. <laughs> I should have. You guys stayed close. I should have because then I wouldn't know it uh, to this day. So, uh, did you see anything new and exciting? Have you seen Deadpool yet? No. I was uh, hoping to see it today and then that uh, fell apart. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was your hardwood floors and my shoes having an argument. shoes. I'm shoeless. You want to go see it Tuesday? I just went, you... Tell them the truth. I just went baseline on you. We're playing basketball. We're playing <laughs> one-on-one while I'm recording it. That would be awesome to have that through the whole show. How cool that you have a parquet floor in your house. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yep. Well, the best part is that I got that big logo in the middle of the floor. I, I, want, to see, I want to go to Southie and punch a black guy right now. This is gorgeous. I broke into the old uh, the old stadium in Chicago and Did stole you? the middle oh. and put it in, in you, my floor. You should have stolen day. the man in the middle, Bill Cartwright. Oh, I thought that was uh, Michael Jackson. Was, oh, Michael. that's the man in the mirror. <laughs> You know what? Those 90 Bulls were so good, and Michael Jordan was such an amazing player. I think Michael Jackson could have started at center, and they still would have won. He probably would have done okay. Because I saw the jam video, and he hit that one shot where he kicked it off his foot. (laughs) Totally left Michael Jordan agape. Who else? Name another person who made a video with Michael Jordan that was that good. Wow, I can't. Really? There you go. So, I think it's It's Jackson and Jordan. I apologize. Jordan and Jackson. (laughs) What uh, what did what did you see? Anything new? What did, I, I don't movies? think I saw anything new. Yeah, any movies or you know what? I just want uh, let's come out. Can I because you're a TV guy? I'll talk about Netflix stuff I've seen. Really yeah, quick. that's fine. All right, I saw a documentary called The Seven Five, which you need to see. It What's is about that? cops in New York, dirty cops in New York in the seventies uh, and eighties. That sounds good. I just saw a documentary. Like, that's the, like it's the seventy fifth precinct. The Seven Five, yes. Yeah. And then I saw a documentary called The Imposter, which I don't want to give away too much of, but it's pretty goddamn cool. Wait, is this about the kid who they they the family thinks he's their son? Turns out he's actually a French guy. Nobody needs to see the imposter anymore. Okay, I saw it. It's really, I didn't see it. Brooke told okay, me all about it. Really good. I heard it's good, but yeah, I, I although know the it's, it's been summarized in one sentence. Well, you don't really know the end. I'll tell you that though. Well, the truth is, if it's a documentary, me telling you what it's about shouldn't ruin it. True, and they give that away. It's you know you know in the first third of the film what you just said exactly, but it's more about how that's, that un- yeah, how that's stuff not unfolds. the story. Okay. But it's it's a pretty incredible story. All right, what uh, else? and I, I saw a movie called Bad Words with Jason. Bateman. Yeah, that's a good movie. It's I fucking funny. Saw that in the theater. Yeah, I liked I, it. A lot. I, it's one of those movies. I was angry at myself for not seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's one of those things, I, I made a note of it and went, you know what, I don't know if I should pay the 15 to see it. Uh, yeah. I should have, just to support, because, because it's fucking great. We, I don't even know where we saw it, because it wasn't playing in a lot of theaters here. Maybe it was only at the Arclight. But yeah, it was funny. It and was he directed funny. that, too. Yeah, it was That's, good. And yeah. uh, I just watched, you know, so I'm catching up on stuff, so I just watched St. Vincent. Oh, yeah? With a Bill Murray. Yeah. Really great. Really? Uh, okay. It is It is a movie that you're like, oh, okay, this is a formula. Check it out. But it's a formula that works, and it's Bill fucking Murray. How, how do you not see that? Yeah, yeah. And I like Melissa McCarthy, too, so. And uh, and then Why just not? saw the, your typical, you know, all the, the, we went and saw stuff for Oscars and all that. Yes. You know, we. Have you seen Brooklyn? Uh, I have not. I have it's the screener. Really, really good. I have heard good things. Yeah, we saw it in the theater. You should watch I've it. heard good things about Room. I've heard good things Room about Carol. Room is incredible. Uh, the Danish Girl, I have that screener. I got Beasts of uh, One Nation. I've got South, Straight Out of Compton to see. 
Uh, what did we see in the theater? I wanted to see The Revenant, and we did not. Yeah. Yet. So there you go. I'm telling you more about what I haven't seen, which is not good. <laughs> well, I watched um, Those Who Can't. Did you see that show on True TV? No. It's, uh, it's you know, the Grawlicks, Andrew Overdahl and those guys. It's Andrew Overdahl, Adam Clayton Does Holland. he speak for the trees? <laughs> no, different guy. Okay. You know the Grawlicks? Grawlicks is when somebody cusses in a comic book. That's oh, called, and it's got ampersand and yeah, exclamation point. I did not know that. Rawlings, yeah. Oh, okay. But these guys, I, I met them in, at uh, Bridgetown a million years ago when they were a comedy group. But they just they, now they got this deal with True TV, and it's them. Roy Scovel is on it. Cal Kinane is on it, and Maria Thayer. Okay, is that her name? You know who hates that show? My mom. Why is that? Because uh, we had a discussion about how True TV used to be all oh, they used to be crime stuff, and now they're they got, she goes they got people scaring people now, and yeah. and all these people playing jokes. It's not. I, I just stopped watching. Practical jokers. Yeah, she could not be less impressed and, with True and TV. Billy on the street yelling at people. She I I have to. I gave that. that well, I gave that a day in court, and I I really liked it. Yeah. And then three episodes in, I went. I don't need to watch this anymore. It's funnier if you watch the stuff that's on Funnier Die because it's short. Oh yeah. And it's and. But I, I like him because that was one of those things where I kept hearing about him and I'm like, well, all right, I'll give it a shot. And then I taped like 30 of them yeah, and I oh, watched no. three and went, eh, Small doses only. We watched, the funny thing is we, I don't watch Billy on the Street, but the stuff I, I watch stuff on True TV and like he's on after it. So I'll see like two oh, minutes, okay. you know, and that's all. That's all I need to see. <laughs> I'm done. I laugh and I go, that was hilarious. <laughs> and that's all. You don't need to watch the whole show because you get it. Like he did one where it was... Like, we're playing Sia, but it's not Sia, it's Juliana Margulies. So he puts <laughs> Juliana Margulies in his ridiculous big wig, and he would just walk up to people and go, look, it's Sia. And he'd go, oh, and he'd go, no, it's not, it's Juliana Margulies. And they would go, oh, react yep. accordingly. Because some people would be disappointed, but then some people would go, oh, I love Juliana Margulies. I'm, I'm, never, I'm never not entertained. Stupid is great. I, I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm never not entertained. Because I, I, one time I pitched a show, or is a long story. When they did You Don't Know Jack, mm-hmm. okay, and they were going to do it, um, we were uh, going to be writing categories for it, and there was a possible, I might have known somebody, and I might have had a writing gig. and I, So what I pitched was that there would be questions where there was no, where they were arbitrary. Right. Where the answer could be anything. And you would ask them, and because and, and, basically it was the host had the answer in his head. Mm-hmm. And if you were wrong, he would laugh at you and you would lose points. Like it was that I, – I wanted to treat it in this really right. irreverent way. I was like, yeah, well, look, yeah, if yeah. you want to do You Don't Know Jack, let's make it fucking bananas. I agree. But as you know, uh, that idea and standards and practices, never the twain shall meet in a game show because right. people are fucking – you know, it, it's – you're winning money. Yeah. So there's those people there. Exactly. Because yeah. I thought it would be really funny to just – so to see him be able to do it on the street – when he'll come up to somebody and go, hey, look, it's Will Ferrell. Or, or I'll ask him a question for a dollar. Is Will yeah. Ferrell funny? And they'll be like, yes. And he goes, no! And he runs away. I, I, I love it. And it's never unfunny yeah. to me. I think it's fucking great. Because I wanted Parter to host You Don't Know Jack. Uh-huh. And I wanted him to be the smartass who just would just always have the – he had the answers. All the answers. Right. And, uh, and no matter what, you could be right or you could, didn't have to be right. didn't matter. Well, you, I, yeah, the problem is when you do that and it's a real game show – you can't get away with shit like that. That's why At Midnight works, because it's not a real game show. Exactly. And uh, what was the other one? Whose line is it anyway? You're not winning. So you can anything. fucking do whatever you want. So that's how I kind of, the construct I wanted to pitch for You Don't Know Jack um, would be like, like Jimmy just got to be a dick to everybody. Yeah. And that would be fucking well, you know, awesome. When they had the You Don't Know Jack game show, hosted by Paul Rubens, yes. in character, I remember they would always do like a math question. 
but it's and he would say take the number of Backstreet Boys and multiply it by the blah blah blah. But at one point he would always say and multiply it by the number of planets named Box. Yeah. Which of course is zero, so yeah. the answer is zero. Yes. And, and they would get around it that way, but it wasn't. It was still not near as irreverent as they thought it was. You I, know? My dream was to have a show where everybody looked stupid except the host. And I wanted Jimmy <laughs> to be the host and just kind of mock everyone. That was kind of my deal. I, I just I thought it would be really funny to put contestants yeah, on. Because again, that's you funny. Know, shows are contestant driven. But if you could do a show where people are just getting... And it's and it's funny because I hate pranks and I don't like impractical, impractical jokes. I don't like yeah. any of that shit. Yeah. But if it's, in a, if it's in a context of you ask somebody a question and they get it wrong and you just go, you are dumb. So dumb. I, yes. That to me is really funny. People like that. Yeah. I do. And, and if they know what they're getting into it's not like you feel bad for them that's the deal yeah they get on the show and they know what they know they're going to be made fun of that was the thing on beat the geeks when i didn't understand why people would get angry when we would insult them and stuff (laughs) the best people of course were the guys who would come back with good insults and it would be a back and forth and i'd be like that guy's hilarious well they just have to be prepared for it because that's the you know that this idea for me the, the 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 impetus for wanting to do this sort of thing was all of the game shows I've, I've been, I've worked on. You know, you have to run trial shows, and you have to run them in an office. So you're in a conference room with two people who've been paid to come there and answer yeah. your your trivia questions. Yeah, and they'd be lunkheads, or they wouldn't be good, or whatever. And I, I constantly wanted to just savage them. I yeah. wanted to just be like, look, you don't get because nobody would get your vision, yep. and you'd be like, you're killing my vision. You, you are human <laughs> fucking crib death right now because I've got this great idea for a round, and if you guys don't yeah. fucking show some enthusiasm, they're gonna kill it before well, it's even born. And the truth is, and this is the this is the sad truth about game shows and making game shows and fucking running game shows. When they bring people in to play the test games, those are people who weren't good enough to be on the regular show. (laughs) Those are people who were too boring or stupid to be on the regular show. And they say, well, we can't use you as a contestant, but we'd love to give you a gift card to come in and play our game. Help us. Exactly. Because you need to run a construct of the game so you know it works. And so, But the problem is you don't get a good version of that. And some people like that because they say, well, we're just trying to get the mechanics down. But guys like you and me go, ugh. Well, no, because you got a bunch of dim bulbs ruining your fucking jokes. And it's a drag. Um, But we needed to do it on Starface because Danny Bonaducci needed to know how to host a show. (laughs) Right. And it's not a slight on Danny. It's just, you know... uh, Guys like Jimmy, you know what I mean? I, I, I keep going back to Jim, but he was born to fucking do it. I mean, he mm-hmm. was he came out of his mom with a uh, Gene Rayburn thin mic in his hand. Right. You know, and they cut the umbilical cord and it fell off promptly. But still, <laughs> uh, some people are born, they have the music, they know what to do, and they're born fucking hosts. Yes. You know, you see him doing it and, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, not um, only is Danny Bonaducci not born to do that, he's born to do other things. Like be on Breaking Bonaducci exactly. and the radio. Well, he's born. He was born to be Danny Bonaducci. Right. I, I I know that's. I don't mean that again. Not a slight at all. Because I yeah. I had to Pygmalion fucking Danny. I mean, I would walk in the room with him and we would run the script. It was me and him in a room, and I would get. I would tell him how to say jokes. Mm-hmm. I would give him the beats, and he, it's not that he's not funny. It's right. not that. It's just they were square peg round holing him. Uh, how about a round peg square hole? I don't know how the fuck that works, but they were doing it with Danny. And so I would go in cause they, they all thought they were like, dude, you're really funny. 
Yeah. And uh, and also like Daniel Koenig and Kevin Sesha and Matt Weinhold, you know, they didn't have the fucking patience for it. Probably they could have <laughs> they would have made them go do it. But a Danny probably. wouldn't have, Danny wouldn't have listened to Daniel Koenig because he right. has a, he's not he has a problem with chicks, sure. or, I don't, ladies, whatever women, funny women especially. Because yes. Danielle is a fucking you know brilliant writer yes. and has a has a point of view. And also she wouldn't have suffered him very well. Right. So I mean I didn't mind going in the room and talking to Danny. Yeah. But the other guys were just like, we want to write our jokes and not have to fucking mold the host into something. <laughs> True. And you probably found it at least a little entertaining hanging out with Danny Button. I didn't mind it at all. I, and also he is he a is, nice guy. I, I love that time he did my show at the UCB. I loved it. I thought he was great. thought he was a funny dude. He was nice. And he was still married and he was sober at that time. So. He's a St. Bernard. Like yeah. literally he's like, what do you want me to do? Show yeah. me how to do it and I'll do it. He's that guy. Yeah. And, and, he's, um, and he's good. He's a, he's a pro. He's what he, th- that's the thing about the DJ thing that was so funny about him. Because, you know, he got in trouble and got arrested. And, uh, and then some fucking stupid radio station in Phoenix said, oh, let's do a ratings thing where we get Danny Bonaducci to be a drive-time DJ. Turns out he was great at it. Yes. And then when his contract was up, they are like, we want you to stay. And he said, no, <laughs> I'm moving back to L.A. and I'm doing that there. And he was great at it here, so good that he was on, they fired Frosty and Frank, and it was just Heidi and Danny, and he told, he he was always making fun of her, and he was hilarious, and then they fired him for, I guess, being on Breaking Mountain Ducci, is what he said. Why, and I don't think she cared for him very much, because he, a fuck, fuck uh, her. I, I don't I know anything about Heidi, I'm sure she's lovely. Her. I asked him, I said, you get the feeling that she's one of the stupidest people on the planet, and he said, no, that's not really true. She's the stupidest person on the planet. (laughs) The guy who worked with her said that. Let's talk about some TV shows. Let's do it. Um, Oh, the other show I watched was the Triumph uh, Election Special. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's a new sitcom. (laughs) Sounds good. Based on the movie. It's a little lighter. (laughs) Um, No, it's the Triumph uh, Election Special on Hulu. It's pretty funny. It's a little long. It's 80 minutes. Okay. So it could be tightened up, but the stuff that's funny, it's Triumph. If you like Triumph. That's your show. Right. Because it's good. At one point, he does this roundtable with just a million people on it. And some of them are real, like, pundits. But then there's also the Dell guy. So (laughs) there's all these people. (laughs) And they have a real conversation. It's pretty funny. But I would say watch that. All right. Let's talk about Full Frontal. Now, it seems like a million years ago that I watched it. When did you watch it? Uh, I watched it today. Oh, okay. Yeah. I watched it Monday. It's like almost a week ago. Because I thought it was going to be on every day, but I guess it's a weekly show. That's what I thought, because I set up my DirecTV to, to tape the series, right? and then it only had one for the week, and I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. did I do something wrong Even here? though they showed it on every Turner channel when it premiered, Headline News, Well, you TV, would say that, TBS, TNT. DirecTV, fuck, I taped, oh, here's really? why I watched it today, because uh, my DirecTV taped Forensic Files. Hmm. It said it was uh, full front up with Samantha B. Interesting, but instead it was a guy who had been killed by a plumber. Maybe they didn't do it on uh, forensic. So I had to what watch is, it on demand. What is that channel? Discovery or I watched the it Murder Channel ID. ID. That's all I watch. I think that's what it that's is. all yeah. I watch. Murder Book, Web of Lies. That's I was going to make you watch show. those this week because you're like, what can I watch? Mm. I, had, I had a list of great shows Thank for you to watch. God, you didn't. <laughs> so uh, here's what I thought about Full Frontal because I was looking forward to it. Were you? A well, fan tell of people that? what it is. Okay, Full Frontal is. A show, it's basically like The Daily Show, uh, but with Sam B instead of a dude. And uh, and she just talks about pop, whatever news and spoofs it for a half hour. Yes. I mean, there's only been one episode, so I don't, I can't speak to what the other ones will be. But this one was all about the election. She, yes. For 30 minutes, 
Was it 30 minutes? Yeah, and I will tell you this. When you told me to watch Full Frontal, you said Full Frontal is my show. You texted it to me. Right. No, I had no clue what it was. Right. I knew she had a show coming out, mm-hmm. and I and I, I, but the promos had escaped me, the name anyway. I just knew Sam B's show was coming out. Right, right. So honestly, I, I swear to God, I almost texted you and went, I'm not watching another show with Matthew Perry. Like, I swear to God. <laughs> Because you always make me watch Matthew Perry yeah, shows. Go on. Fuck all that. So I'm not, the old show you had to watch Go On. Yes. So I thought it was something like that. You're like full frontal on TBS. I yeah. thought it was Jamie Kaler. No, I mean, it sounds I just, like a dumb comedy. Yeah, yeah kind of. I didn't know what it sitcom. was. Yeah. It's a bad title. It really is. Because, I mean, they only did that because she's a woman, obviously. Uh-huh. And, they, and they want some sort of sexy thing. Maybe get some of the Amy Schumer spill off. But, uh, I mean, I'm over that. Honestly. By the way, I actually watched that this week, too. Amy Schumer spill-off? The, the Amy Schumer spill-off. <laughs> Riveting. Uh, I guess, you know, that Nikki Glaser show premiered, and yeah. it's all about sex. What's that one called? A- anal Gape? Yeah. I mean, seriously, give these women a break. Let Not them be funny without the fucking innuendo title. Yeah, really. Uh, honestly, it's like Broad City kind of does it to perfection, I think. And then Amy Schumer takes it even farther. I'm done. I'm done with it. That's we've had enough. Maxi pad with yeah. with Eliza. It's, it's like, like what the fuck? Yeah, dude? it's it's over. Well, like this. Uh, 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 those who can't show, we were watching it, and Brooke said, "Is this a new thing now? You get like three or four idiots who don't give a shit. Yeah, who all hang out together like workaholics." I said, "Well, yeah, workaholics has become the model. Only now you put them someplace like a high school. There's another show." Uh, that's basically the same thing, but with girls. This comedy group, the Katie Dids. Okay. They have a show on TV land where they're teachers, but they teach little kids instead of high school. Same fucking thing. They're all terrible. One of them's drunk, blah, blah, blah. And and I'm not saying it's not funny, but... Well, I have to admit, I again, Workaholics is one of those shows that I never... It was one of those things that exists in a universe I just don't orbit in. Yeah. Same thing with this billboard I see where there's some... Dumb girl who works for a smart girl. I, I don't know. It's it's. I yeah. don't even know what the fuck it is. Idiot sitter. Idi- idiot sitter. There you I go. I don't think it was funny. I watched All it. Right. It's on right after workaholics. I saw the commercial and I just yeah. went, "This is not this." Is, the commercial didn't work for me, but uh, I have to admit, one night I was at my buddy Max's house and we watched workaholics, and I think I watched five in a row because it made me laugh. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just fucking it dumb is a funny. funny. Show. It's funny because David hated it. We watched it one week, and David couldn't. Couldn't hate it. More. <laughs> it was just. The, I love it. I think uh, well, it's the funny. thing that made me laugh is I'm like, where are these guys from? What universe? Because I, I don't know yeah. them at all. I yeah. yeah I sort of because I'm sort of I have a tenuous finger still in the comedy world, uh, and I didn't I didn't have a fucking clue who these guys were. And I'm like, this is funny. I mean, it's just funny. It made yeah. me laugh, and it's believable. But now people want to put that in. They want to make it more mainstream. It sucks. But Full Frontal, I think, is is good, is a really good comedy because even though it's called Full Frontal and the commercials might refer to her being a woman, the show itself was just her making fun of politicians and making hilarious jokes for 30 minutes straight through. No other comedians, not like The Daily Show, no other reporters, no bits, you know. Yet. You know what I mean? Yet. You know and also, I mean? But also I think you're wrong there because they did that, that Jeb Bush on the road with Jeb Bush promo yes, thing. which was great. But they completely missed the opportunity by not having her voice it. She See, has to voice it. Is I, she, I think it was, but that was a different joke. It was supposed to be like a Werner Herzog thing. But not if you then show the producer approach, Jeb. Not if you then have this, this uh, introduce the face to the voice. I mean, yeah. I, I just, I think it was a misfire. Writing, and that's a writing decision, not yeah, a Sam B thing. I, I can see that. I mean, I didn't think it hurt it. I think it made it, I think it made it better, quite frankly, because... 
in my mind, the Werner Herzog joke was already over by that time. And it made it more realistic that he actually get it. Obviously, that's, they said, oh, we have to include that, that footage, that shot of him talking to Jeb Bush. Obviously, because they thought, you know how it is when you get a shot that's hard to get. Right, but then they had the producer read it, and then they had the voiceover voice fade into it. Yeah. And that's a mess. you got to see I, Jeb Bush's reaction to the actual guy saying it, because now I doubt if the producer said it that way. Now I doubt if the producer said that exact fucking phrase. No, now you're right. bait and switching me, and it, I well, don't like what, it. They used to do this on Jimmy Kimmel all the fucking time, and it's what made me stop watching. Like, they would go places and make fun of people, but they would basically set the person up, and in some cases, just mock it up. Just make it fake. They went to this uh, ventriloquist convention once, and went and made fun and talked to people, but of course, they're doing a lazy version of it, just like, what are you, ventriloquist? (laughs) What a loser. It's like that yes. version of making fun of people. The Uncle Sal, I don't want to cast aspersions on Sal Iacono, but that's what they that's the kind of comedy they do over there. Well, there was a little Jimmy bit Kimmel. of that in the Jeb Bush thing. Yes. They showed a they showed an older man, he's probably fifty four, and he went, Jeb <laughs> and he had an awkward giggle and he punched his fist. <laughs> and they they stayed with him for that extra beat right. to make him look stupid. Exactly. And I'm he like, wasn't this is, doing anything stupid. Not at all. Just edited that way. He he had a nervous laugh because there was a television camera in his face. Yeah. yeah. And I felt that was disingenuous to him. You Ask them to be a a, a part of this. You know, if you want to make fun of fatheads and you want to cut these guys off at the fucking knees, by all means, Jeb Bush is ripe for ridicule and should be destroyed. That's what the triumph thing is good for because at one point they say, so, why do you like Trump? And this guy goes, well, he's going to build a wall and make China pay for it and he's going to keep them all out. And triumph goes... So the Chinese are going to pay for the wall between America and Mexico? <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, I mean, Mexico's going to pay Mexico. And I'm like, yeah, that guy didn't look like an asshole, but, but, but you he let, did it. He right. did it his own self. But all he this, said China. But this guy didn't say, uh, you Democrats, this, all this guy did was go, Jeb, and right. he, punched his, he pumped his fist. Yeah. Let that man have his excitement and, and let him like what he likes. It's okay to like yes. Jeb. We don't agree with Jeb. We, I don't, and Jeb has no chance. No. Nope. Um, I think it's funny that sometimes I wish I watch this and I just think I wish they hadn't signed the release. Yes. I wish that guy had never signed the release because then they wouldn't use the footage. That fucking shot of the Huntington Post dude, the, uh, the Huffington Post dude, who's at breakfast. Um, yeah, go ahead. Do you have to pay now the Huffington Post every time you mention it? There's a- yeah, a bell rings every time <laughs> someone says the Huffington Post. Oh, Clarence. Um, so that dude... Uh, first of all, that he's only in there to get the Huffington Post joke in. Yeah, uh, Huffington Post, which is sort of like a journalistic organization or whatever they say, right? Which is fine. And then that, by the way, well, I'll get to this in a second. But uh, that's a stiff setup. Yeah. Because all he does is he stares at the camera and he pretends like he has nothing to say. Don't do that. Yeah. It, it, deliver your joke, or don't be part of it. Don't make it yeah. look like he could not come up with something in eleven seconds to say about Jeb Bush. Because if he's part of the media, he's got an opinion. Yeah, so he wouldn't you, just get a faraway, a faraway glance at, over eggs. I mean, it, it yeah. just it, it, it played egg. wrong. Yeah, so it sounds to me like what you're saying is the stuff with her in the studio you dug, and then when they went to the field piece, you thought it was just well, done I, wrong. Let's, I'm, I'm, these are all writing quibbles. Yeah. I I really like Samantha B, and I hope this show's a success. I, I think she's very funny. Yeah, this show stunk of pilot. Yeah, as you're right. you, as you know, yeah. um, because she's she's trying to get through her beats, she's trying to get it you know right, and, and she's done practice shows in front of dim bulbs, so she's trying to get her mouth around jokes. There's actually one glaring moment that, as a, and I hate to be this guy, but as someone who's done television, <laughs> they come back from the like the fourth commercial break. It's before the final segment, mm-hmm. 
and it's an editing problem, and it's their fault, not hers. Yeah. They show the crowd before the applause sign goes on. Uh. So they're they're literally it's a it's a beat. It's literally a half second, but everybody's sitting there dead, and then yay! Uh. And it's like you don't. It shows you how fake and phony the excitement is. It's right. so terrible because we all know because we've worked there. The applause sign. Yes, and yeah. you know those people are there for nine hours, and you know everybody's sitting through this, and it's this death. And most march. of them are being paid. Yes, because and, for a new show, especially, you can't get people in there. And the first couple shows are always a slog to get through. It's yeah. 20 it's, it's you know it's a half hour show. It probably took them three and a half hours to film it. Yeah. Because she might have chili dipped a punchline or they didn't like the way something went. And you change things as you go. Yeah. And and they're not used to it too. It's everything's new. Every So that these are crew. and these are all quibbles. I hope yeah. it works. I don't know I, I guess you know when she walked out and, and it's it's I understand what they're trying to do and we need a show like this. Yeah. And Especially we, because the Daily Show is not very good. I gave Trevor Noah a a long, long uh, leash, and it's just not as good as it used to be. I like all the reporters on the show. I like Roy Wood Jr., and I love Jessica, what's her name, the black chick, and uh, all the other people on the show are very funny. When they go out to bits, I love it, but it's Trevor Noah. The problem is I don't want to watch a dude from another country who's 20 years younger than me make comments on America. He's not saying anything I have already said. Yeah. So maybe that's the problem, is it's not a show for me anymore. Yeah, that's that's but probably it. I haven't I watched... I think Sam B, however, well, I'm hoping, speaks to me. I'm hoping so. Yeah. I, I don't... You know, again, it's, it's a fledgling effort, and they're working hard, but it's also that thing where you see it, and you go, they had seven months. <laughs> True. You had seven months at least to write this. Yeah. And and I've and this is what I got. And well, I, I like I and I because I want look I, and this is me personal taste. I want vicious. Yeah. I, I want if you're gonna take these guys apart, take and I want no fucking quarter, and I want you to leave just fucking yeah. chunks of Donald Trump laying around after you fucking destroyed him. I agree. It's okay to throw in a side in there. Like she, they call it sentient caps lock is a very fucking funny description of him. Right. Uh, and then also the. When she talked about the, the guy in Kansas who said that he came up with the dress code for for women. Oh right, right. Um, and and then the, they put in that fucking joke in post. You can tell he's got no laugh at all uh, about the the project runway or whatever the fuck. Uh-huh, but also uh-huh. the line about uh, women giving birth directly into Vitamixes so they could be poured into into the thing at Whole Foods. Yeah. Fucking vicious joke. And that right. one, that was one that didn't get a laugh, but it deserved it because it was that's what yes, I want. That, I want yes. sharpen the you, fucking knives. And me and you and Brooke and everyone like us sat on the couch and went holy. Finally, shit. but finally, right. I was like, yay, good yeah. because there's so much of this out there. And honestly, I I thought a bit with the death of Scalia yesterday and just living in Twitter and marinating in all of that and making my own jokes mm-hmm. and then seeing the, the debate last night and seeing Trump wheel on Bush and seeing these guys I, I don't it's almost like you can't make fun of them mm. because they are so ridiculous no yeah you can't I mean and this is what John Stewart this is why John Stewart was great and uh, I mean I don't know if this is even a conversation to have anymore because he's not on TV and now a lot of people are talking about what a dick he was to work for, but this is why John Stewart was great because he wouldn't just say, "Man, Rush Limbaugh is terrible, right?" And Donald so fat. Trump, Donald Trump is the worst. He would say, "Last night, Donald Trump said this. This is why it's terrible." Well, case in point, how he's constantly now talking about how the Iraq War was a mistake. He shouldn't have gone. And he's blaming George W. Bush so he can make Jeb look bad. Yes. Which is not to say it wasn't George W. Bush's fault, but certainly wasn't all his fault. Even though he was the president, he was being told what to do. Regardless, 
Uh, now he's being a dick, but there we have proof that there was times when he said, "Absolutely, I support the war." Mm -hmm. I mean, we know that, and there's and they're all doing this over and over again. Marco Rubio just said the other day, like someone said, "Well, you know, Reagan appointed Justice Kennedy in his last when he was a lame duck," and Marco Rubio says out loud, "It doesn't matter what Ronald Reagan did." Yeah. What? <clears throat> For the last 10 years, that's all you've been talking about is what Ronald Reagan did. All I hear is the Constitution when you want to keep your guns. And now you're telling me, no, they should yeah. hold off on naming a judge so, until, yeah. until the American people have a say. We voted this motherfucker into office exactly. twice. We it had did. our say. We did it. Stand the fuck down. So, back to the point. You didn't keep that fat fuck alive until your next guy got in, so there's nothing you can it's fucking do fault. about it. Because yeah. sports is now football. Or po politics is now football. Yeah. It's terrible. You're right. So, John Stewart would... Point that out and say, here are the facts. Here's why it's fucked. And by the way, here's a joke about it. Yes. And he would, and, and guys like you and me would go, ah, that's awesome. I feel so fulfilled. But now, and also, Noah doesn't have that. But, but also, and Sam B did not have this, which I want. And again, it's because I want it. And it's me. It's personal taste. Yeah. I want anger. I want vitriol. Yeah. And I, I want... I don't want Lewis Black shouty, bad, weird anger. Right. I want Jon Stewart exasperated, staring at the lens and going, do you... Does anybody else see how fucking right. terrible this is? Anger, yeah. rage, like once simmering month, undercurrent of malice. And and mm -hmm. Sam B was more winky. You know what I mean? Oh well, you know if you don't want us in our baby holes and whatever, I, and that's fine because yes. that's her. That's a comedic choice, and that's who she is as, as a and performer. It is her style, yeah, absolutely. So that's She's why for me. I, I, I just think there's such a place for a bare knuckles fucking takedown of everybody. Well, but then it, but then you're just fucking. You're just yelling out the window and telling people to scream with you. You know what I mean? I hate to be that guy. No, you're right. But there's such a right place now for a for almost like a, a literally a raincoat clad man of the people to come in and just shout, I'm mad as fucking hell because I watch these assholes yes. and I'm I'm astonished by it. Trump is and and cause Trump is the fake version of that. Yeah. He's the rich guy who bloviates and just and then he'll do something and he go, Hey, you did that. He goes, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? Right. And you go, no, no, you fucking did that. He goes, no, nah, I I, this is fucking crazy. I, you I guys know. are fucking nuts. If you say so. Yeah, that weird gaslighting of, of America. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's getting away with it. My so favorite I, interview, somebody says to him, he's signing autographs and some guy says, some guy asks him something like, oh, do you believe all Muslims should be put on a watch list? Yes or no question. And he goes, you tell me. What? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not running for president. I, why, why do I have to answer that? I have to be honest right? with you. I have done a Brilliant. 180. Uh, it's it's brilliant. It yeah. is. I've done a 180 because in the beginning I was like, this is a fucking joke. Yeah. And it's like he's not going to be taken seriously. But now the more it goes, I absolutely want him to be the nominee. I don't want him to be the president, <laughs> but I want him to be the nominee just because it is fucking incredibly right? awesome to see him Jedi mind trick the shit out of these people who've done it to us forever. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. When he's talking about Cruz and some woman yells, he's a pussy. Yep. He doesn't ignore it like every other politician was. And he doesn't go, that's right, he's a pussy. He goes, oh, what? What did you say? That was terrible. Oh, my word. Say it again. But then he said, he goes, oh, it's my word. I can't repeat it. I don't want to repeat it, but she said he's a pussy. Anyway. Brilliant. Yes. And but that's what a comic head. would do. Oh, yeah. Because I have to admit, he's got the instincts of yeah. a performer. And Absolutely. it's fooling so many fucking people. They Even last care. night, he's getting booed, but he, didn't, he just didn't fucking care. And I, and I see him up there. He's just this weird... He's their worst nightmare because he's what they created, but now he's he's gone rogue. I mean, he's like the RoboCop shooting the fucking CEO in the office, and they're like, oh my God, we got to shut this fucking guy down. Yeah. He, he's lost the prime directive because he's absolutely just scorched earthing everybody. Control. They can't control the monster. They yes, and it, it, it cracks me up. It makes me laugh, and I have to yeah. admit, so I've done a 180 on him, and I'm like, I, 
there should be a, just Pretty a show funny. that follows him, and even all the fucking <laughs> political shows do. But literally, I wouldn't be shocked if he was filming this whole fucking thing and then he sold it all afterwards mm-hmm. when he was out. Yeah, that'd be a great reality show. So back to the the point of this show is hopefully <laughs> I'm going to keep watching, but hopefully this show will be a little more hardcore. Like you said, it stinks a pilot. So, well, just because it was, right, and it's all technical it stuff, but and you let and you let that shit go. But I think you're right. In the second episode, it won't be all one topic, probably. But here's the problem: when you're doing this kind of show with topical material, when you're doing this kind of show where you're eviscerating uh, the the politics and the, the news of the day, once a week is death. I agree. And look, because five days a week is a meat grinder, but you've got to commit to the meat grinder. Or else you're running behind YouTube, you're running behind Twitter, you're running behind yeah. the immediacy. Well, Daily Show four, four days a week, and same yes. with Colbert, they did four days a week. But the funny thing was, even then, like I remember once I saw Colbert and Daily Show do the exact same joke word for word, just because that this thing happened. I've seen it too. Yeah, and that was the joke to make. And it seems like if you're like my friend Alex Bays, who is a head writer for Seth Meyers, he used to produce the Weekend Update. He said that happened. Constantly, They'd start writing jokes on Tuesday, and by Friday, half of them had been done already. Yeah. Uh, by And most of them, The Daily Show, he said, because they're on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's like, thank God, whatever happens Friday, we get to make jokes about. Right. Because they're not on. But you're right, it, because she'll do a show that she prepared on Monday, and then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, did you hear what's going to happen Tuesday? And we don't care what ha- what she's going to talk about, because that already happened. She we said, want to hear she, what happened that day and tomorrow. What's ha- yeah, what's happening in five minutes from now. Mm-hmm. And she also did something that I, uh, I'm i guilty of. It's funny. I do it on my show where I'll go. I, I start to say something. Oh, I can't talk about that. And <laughs> there's no value in that. People hate yes. it. Honestly, you're telling people, hey, I've got a secret. It's the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Do you know Will Weldon? Uh, I, I follow him on Twitter. I don't know him. He's been tweeting and putting on Facebook every day for the last like two weeks. Big news coming. I can't really talk about it yet. <laughs> Every fucking day. There's no value in that. Yeah. And so what she she said this, where she started, she took on Hillary and Bernie and, and uh, the waitress thing, by the way, very funny, the clips. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she said, you know, we wrote almost two hours, we wrote over two hours of jokes about the Democrats, but then the Republicans showed up with this all-you-can-eat buffet of crazy, and we had yeah. to turn our attention to that. And I wanted to go, you just told us. There's no reason to watch your limited format. You just told us you have 24 minutes to encapsulate the world once a fucking week, and you're not going to be able to do it. You're going to leave stuff out. You just told me you left out two hours of great material. I hate... And and then you're also forced to go, so this is what you picked. The stuff you just did was what you considered your Mm -hmm. best out of two hours and three minutes of material you wrote. Yeah. So everything else was subpart of that, and a couple of those jokes misfired. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing this for eight months, and I hate to be that guy to put them to this, this such no, uh, you know I think scrutiny. It's fine, though, because you're right. Because I, honestly, any other show, I might have said, especially a show on TBS. I mean, you talk about the comedies on TBS. It you know Conan is probably the the highest intellect they have over there. And he's just a fuckhead for the most part. <laughs> he likes to be silly and make people laugh. He's awesome. Silliness. And that's a great thing, yes. But it's not like he does... The, he's, he's not doing all this cerebral political stuff for the most part. It's just we have fun and we make people laugh. And TBS is that with their practical joke shows 
and uh, American and, and Dad seven Mecca. times a day. Yeah. yeah, American Dad all the time. So this needs to be held to a higher standard, I think. Well, I would hope they'd want to be held to a higher exactly. standard. And they're they also coming from the seriously. lineage. They're coming from the lineage of The Daily Show and essentially proclaiming to carry the mantle of exactly. said show. It's like, do you miss John Stewart on The Daily Show? Watch Sam be on Full Frontal. It's just as good. Kind of. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. I, you know, I... The first 15, 10, 10, 15 years of my stand-up, all I did was topical material. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's all I wanted to do. I found no interest in doing family stuff. I, I thought it was – and I would read five newspapers a day yeah. and I would have new bits every week. And it's – again, like I said, it's a fucking meat grinder. And you know what kicked me in the balls? Fucking Twitter and Facebook and social media. Sure. Because I used to be the first guy yeah. who would have a bit. I mean I, I was doing bits the night OJ was in the fucking Bronco and we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, but I mean I'm saying – and I got to do new bits in between every comic because I was emceeing a fucking right, showcase right. at the womb. So it's like – I loved being first. I loved being new. I loved having bits. You know, that Wakeish, Wake, uh, Koresh and Waco, it happened that day. I was doing bits yeah. that night. 9-11. I did jokes on fucking Thursday and Friday. Nobody liked them, but I still fucking did them. And they were great yes. because I wanted to do them. It was what I did. It was in my blood. And now yeah. everybody and his fucking brother has a shot at the pinata. Yep. And, and it's hard to be new. It's hard to be fresh. And so I get the challenge they have. I tell you, this is the one thing, uh, the, the one reason I like that about Twitter is because now it's easier to tell when someone's a fucking poser. Because when Blockbuster goes out of business and you go ahead and tweet a joke about how you're going to keep your copy of Tango in cash forever, <laughs> and you're one of 50 people doing that in my feed alone, yeah. you're a fucking loser. You're a fucking poser, and you should delete that shit. You shouldn't have wrote it in the first place. But delete it. And the fact that you're proud of it shows what a fucking loser you are. <laughs> well, you and I play the midnight game. And I, I've kind of stopped. I mean, I did it for yeah. a while. I really kind of dove in. If there's something I – if I see something I, I hit on, I'll write like 50. Yeah. But I will also search them first on sure. Twitter to see if someone wrote them before I fucking send it out because I do not want the stink of being second or third or 100th. I agree. I need an original fucking thought. Scalia happened yesterday and honestly, if I didn't need to make fucking money in the car driving strangers around, I would have stayed home all night and wrote bits. Well, it's like when George Zimmerman, I wrote bits all night and I did a show at the Improv that night. Yeah. They were fresh and new. There's nothing like it, man. There's fucking nothing you, like it. You were the first person I saw who said, yeah, go ahead and stall and then when Bernie and Hillary get elected... They'll, they'll appoint oh, uh, Barack Obama. And then everybody said that. Like, there's memes of it now. Yeah. It's it's like, it's basically the opposition, what Democrats are saying. But you typed it first. And, of course, if you, maybe you weren't in the car, maybe you didn't have access to your phone for 10 minutes after you thought of that, it would have been too late. Yeah. I, I was home. I had a. It's funny because I woke. I fucking crashed. I didn't wake up till two in the fucking afternoon. And I woke up to Scalia being dead. Yeah. And I wrote those jokes in ten minutes and had them out. And then I literally kept thinking of more. And I'm like, all right, because I was going to write. Yeah. Well, you know, this is actually good news for Steve Avery. Like literally, I was going all these things. I was going to fucking come up. And I'm like, but I had to go out. Yeah. Unfortunately, because life fucking rules. And then I go online, and yeah, and I, I half of them are already done. Yeah. Yeah, and some of them people just get lucky. But you know, the other thing is, there's a lot of funny people on Twitter too. Absolutely. And so, you know, Pat Oswalt might make a joke and Blaine Capatch is certainly going to do it when something happens. My favorite tweet, I think, was Blaine 
Dispatch said something like, Justice Scalia died. Good. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. But that's all it said. But, yeah. but that's the I joke. I think he even wrote ha ha too. Yeah. But that's the <laughs> joke is people going, oh, how dare you politicize it? He's just dead. <laughs> I'm not going to politicize it. I'm just going to say ha ha. He's dead. Jen good. Kirkman. Jen Kirkman was the first one I saw. Uh, Today would be a good day for Clarence Thomas to actually continue doing whatever Anton Scalia does. She, I'm paraphrasing nice. it, and she wrote yeah. it sharper. And Paul Jay said, "What if, what if Clarence Thomas dies a few days later, like old ladies do when their husband died?" Uh, that's funny. I was like, yeah, well, and funny. it's funny. The one I thought of was it took it took them three days to identify Scalia's body because Clarence Thomas was growling and wouldn't let them near the bed. You there know you what I mean? Like all those things. Yeah. And so when I but I saw Jen's first, and then all of a sudden. It, and what I and again, Twitter is not a democracy. But then you'll see someone with eight billion followers type that, and you're like, no, you know, fucking Jen actually had that first, right? Well, and, like the Onion is the best. They said Scalia died after a lifelong battle with progress. Thirty years of social fighting, fighting social progress. Hilarious, right? Yeah. But I know, but I saw other people say a version of that. Sure. But of course, they're the Onion, so they own it. They yeah. said it, and everyone saw it. All right. Well, we. Ho- I'm going to continue watching. I hope the show as will I. does well. And because I hope then, you know, comedy needs the these shows. Thing. TV needs these shows. We absolutely need someone, but we we need it to be more acidic, and we need it to really, really cut to the heart of it. Um, I just, for me, and I don't want to be like the stakes are high guy, but just winky jokey does not do it for me in the way that pure rage does. I agree. Oh, I need a tissue. All right. Before we move on, I want to say, speaking of you doing stand-up, every time I see a commercial for Dr. Ken or I see him uh, in an ad or on a talk show or anything, I'm reminded of the time I was, I had a set at the improv and uh, it was a really slow night. There was hardly anyone there. It was like a Wednesday, but you were emceeing and I was just doing a regular set and a young comedian by the name of Ken Jeong was also on the set, on the show that night. Yes. Um, and you might not believe this, people listening, but there was a time when Ken Jeong was literally a doctor who decided to try stand-up comedy. He was Bud Friedman's doctor. Exactly. And, and that's but, the truth. That's not even like a joke. That's and true. He, and he quit and he started doing comedy. And of course, like everyone who starts doing comedy, he wasn't very funny. He was kind of funny. He had a fine stage presence, but he just simply wasn't that good. And he worked hard and he got funny and realized, oh, funny voices and... Well, he, he found who shit. he was. Right. And also, he was doing doctor stuff early because that's what he knew. Exactly. So, at one point in his set, he's doing all this doctor material. And he goes, uh, all right, all right, I'm going to get off the medical tip. But let me talk about blah, blah, blah. And he starts talking about other shit. And I just thought, the medical tip? What the fuck is he, a rapper? Is he in two live crew? Um, but it didn't matter because, like I said, hardly anyone was there. So, no one even cared. But then you get on stage and, again, to this room of 12 people, you go, how about Ken Jeong? Wasn't he great? You know when I thought he really picked up steam? When he got off the medical tip. (laughs) (laughs) I was the only one who laughed. And I thought, of course. Mike thought that was stupid, too. And he had to point it out. It was so great. And that might have been the last time you emceed there. Maybe. The improv, right? Yeah, it might have (laughs) been. All right. Let's move on to trivia. (laughs) Last week's trivia question uh, was about... um, the what was it uh, it was a question oh because me and david watched two different episodes last week for the first time ever in history of this show david and i watched two different shows we were i wanted to watch the premiere of um the venture brothers so i watched it 
but they did a special before the premiere, like episode zero. And David thought that was the first episode, so he watched that one. Whereas I watched the actual first episode. Oh. And we talked about it for 30 minutes before we realized we were talking about two different episodes. <laughs> That's how great the Venture Brothers is. But the question was, uh, like the first, the, the episode I watched was called Hostile Makeover. Which, as you can imagine, is a title of many episodes of shows throughout the history of television. So I said there was a show that a good friend of mine was on uh, that had a, an episode titled that. And nobody got the answer. David didn't know it, and no one else knew it. Do you have any idea what it might be? Uh, good friend of yours. An actual friend. not like Right, a sure. I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, hmm. And it was an actual, it was a television show, a series? Yes. And David guessed Suits, which has my friend Rick Hoffman on it, which is a lawyer show. Okay. But it was not Suits. Okay. Uh, well, I, uh, I'm just, I'm going to guess Friends. Not Friends. Because our friend Chip Chinnery was on that show. That's right. But it was The Street, which also starred my friend Rick Hoffman. Okay. That was his first show, and it was uh, Wall Street. They were traitors, whatever. And oh, I Wall see. Street. All right, yeah. So Hostile Makeover. So he was, what was his name on that? Freddie Sack or something like that? But he was great on that show. Actually, that might have been eh, first or second. I don't know. At any rate, that was the answer, The Street. Nobody got it right. So no one gets a prize. So I got a trivia question this week. If Mike gets it, then he can ask one because it's pretty easy. We're going to talk about the O.J. Simpson show next. Um, so this is a question about Cuba Gooding Jr. There are two movies in which Cuba Gooding Jr. gets a haircut. I'm sure you know at least one of them. I guarantee I know at least one of them. What are they? What are they both? Well, I know he got a haircut in Boys in the Hood. That's right. Because Fishburne did it at the kitchen table. And he says, can you fix my fade? And Indeed. he gets a haircut. Uh, I'm going to say the second would be Radio. Because mm -hmm. he was a person who had autism, and I'm sure there's a scene where somebody touches his head and he screams, and they play it for laughs. Well, I didn't see radio, but that's not the answer I was going for. Oh, okay. So that'll be the trivia question this week. I will write. Are you sure you don't want to guess one more? One oh, more? no, you already had a guess. Yeah, you'll I get, guess, dude. You'll get to guess. I'm, I'm going to say boat trip <laughs> because he wanted to look good for his boat trip. Well, here's the thing: the folks at home can try to send me the answer. I'm sure someone at home is listening to this, yelling it out right now, and they're mad at you. Hmm. Because this is the answer. I see. And so, if you can come up with that answer, you can write to me, Paul, at the King of TV. You see what that says, right? I do. Okay. You feel foolish, right? Well, I would like to say things that give it away, but, but I But you don't want to. Right. But you do feel foolish. Of course I do. Okay. So, that's a hint that Mike feels foolish. Um, and here's another hint. I would have asked David that question. He would have definitely not known it. Really? Having never seen that movie. Which is something I have given him a rash of shit for. I want to murder him for Ex not saying that. Exactly. That sounds like my trainer at the gym. I gave him a DVD copy of True Romance six months ago. And I, I, every time I see him, I, I work out three times a week with him. And I look at him and I go, John, you, any, you, yet? Jesus. No? Uh, you know what's funny is I've been watching, you know, when I watch the talk shows, Conan. and I watch Conan. I watch Colbert. I watch Seth Meyers. And when I watch them... I'm like way fucking behind, of course. I'm months behind. So right. lately I've been watching all the episodes with Tarantino on it. Yeah. And the only good interviews are the ones where people ask him about true romance. Like, because they, they talk about this movie I haven't seen and I'm hearing the same interview over and over again. <laughs> but then, like, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Conan said, now you wrote true romance. That's like the first script you wrote, right? And he talks about how great it is and why he wrote it. And I was like, man, that fucking movie's great. And I would like friend. to see that again. Motherfucking Charlie Bronson. <laughs> so write, send your answers to paul at thekingoftv.com. And I got plenty of prizes to give out. Do I got anything new? You uh, still giving away porn? I do have some porn still, yeah. But I, I, I give that away at the 
show we do at the Nerd The Nerd, live show. I at see. the reunion show. So, because it's a, you know, TV parody, porno parody thing. Got it. So, but I have plenty of other stuff here, porn and screeners and t-shirts. Um, <laughs> stuff you're knocking over. Stuff I'm, I'm throwing <laughs> in the ground. And of course, follow me on the Twitter, Paul, at the, uh, or at Paul Goebel Show. That's my Twitter. Be my friend on the Facebook. I'll be your friend on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, oh, and I was just on Comedy Film Nerds. I was on the spoiler episode for Hail Caesar ah. on Thursday, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. So listen to that episode if you haven't seen it or you don't mind it being spoiled. Um, that's ComedyFilmNerds.com. And you also are on the web, correct? I am. And if people want to... Oh, we do, are we talking about Ozier? Are we doing the plugs now? The plugs are yeah, not out? Yeah, then we go in and we finish right. it up. With I don't know how the format out. works. I know. Uh, you know, you guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt Comedy.com. You can find me at Facebook.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. And for some reason, I have a presence on Peach. What is Peach? If Peach is a new uh, thing that's like Twitter, but it's not. It's a Peach instead of a bird. I don't know. I went and bought my how phone. I, I, I grabbed my fucking name. That's all I know. How like, is it different? Tell me how it's different from Twitter. I literally, I don't know. I grabbed my name and I've not been back except to approve friends. Wow. I think, I think because I, I think it lends itself to a longer it. format. I, dude, I got no clue. All I know is it's like when Elo came out. I grabbed my name right. on Elo because I didn't want somebody cyber squatting on my name. Because, you know, that happens. Yeah, I hear you. People will find unknown comedians and steal their like, stuff. Like the fruit? Peach. Yes, sir. Com? Peach. I believe it's peach.com. I, I think it's... All, right, uh, we'll see. all I know is it's an app and it's on my phone now. Every time I look at it and then if someone requests my friendship, I say yes. No, you're right. That's a good call. Uh, oh, did I spell it wrong? I don't know. Maybe it's only because it's an app. I don't know. But it's you can download website. it on your phone. All but right, I, so I, go to Peach. And be my friend and ask me questions and I won't look at them. I'll just approve your friendship. Did you want to still ask your trivia question? Well, I, know, I did not people? know because you started the show without me letting uh, getting a proper... Uh, yeah, because I had to wait a half hour to start the show. <laughs> I wasn't going to wait another half hour for you to say, ask me who played Bob. I know. You have to get, get it in your stash box. You got too much time. All right, let's move on to talk about the OJ show. Now, I call it the OJ show, and I will refer to it as such uh, for the rest of this podcast and my life, because there's another show on TV called American Crime, which is really, really good. I have heard amazing things. I'm very angry I did not get to watch it from the beginning. You should watch the first season, though. Because, I'd love to. Because they're, uh, they're separate. They're, they're like miniseries. That's why I want it. I'm, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I started to tape the second season. No, go on Hulu. I don't know if you subscribe to Hulu, but the first season is available somewhere and it's great and this one is very different but still it's very powerful the first season is fucked up crazy you will be like holy shit i can't believe this this season is a little different because there's kids involved high school kids so it's a little you know different tone but it's fucking good but anyways that's american crime and i don't like to and every time i say hey do you want to watch american crime story to my wife she goes sure and looks for american crime and says american crime isn't on and i say no american crime story the OJ show. So I just skip all that. You know, what's funny is I went to IMDb to, uh, to because I, I wanted to put a name to a face. Yeah. And I kept typing in OJ Simpson, OJ, the people versus OJ Simpson, and it won't come up. There's yeah. other shows like Wendy Williams at a fucking show, all these other people. Yeah, right. And then I went, and I, I actually had to pause at the credits, and I went, American Crime, called. and it came right up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I dude. did that. I was trying to find, I was trying to plug in uh, Agent Carter because I wanted to watch it. It was coming on. I'm putting it, because we moved. So the new box doesn't have Agent Carter in there. So I put it in the record. I'm like, where the fuck is Agent Carter? I know the show's coming on. 
Uh, but I was typing in Peggy Carter. I kept looking for <laughs> Peggy Carter. There's no show in the world with the word Peggy in it, apparently. <laughs> but because I was so informal, because I'm such a misogynist, I couldn't even think Agent Carter. No, of course not. So the OJ show. Now, this is special to us. And David, I talked about it briefly with David when the show premiered, that uh, because he is just a little younger than us, but this happened in a, at a seminal point in our lives. Yes. When we were basically young men and becoming adults. And I know I was living in Chicago when it first happened, so you were as well. Yeah, I was in, I was, and I had lived in L.A. So I had been in right. L.A. in 91, 92, moved back to Chicago from 93 and started working the road. So I was there when it happened. Yeah, when I, like the episode we watched, the Bronco Chase, this episode, I remember I was ushering at a theater um, on Halstead. And I was walking home after. Is that the by show. the Burger King on Halstead? <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Oh, okay. All right. I'll explain. Should I explain now or later? Go ahead. Well, because again, there's no value in not explaining now. Yeah. There's a comedian in uh, Chicago named Ken Severa, uh-huh. and. Uh, and it's just this running joke with Mike Toomey and Jimmy Pardo, all the guys there. Is that by the Burger King on Halstead? <laughs> okay. Like any anytime you tell him where he's got, like literally that was his. his and it's like, what? Like how it. many Burger Kings are on fucking Halstead? Oh my god! So that's funny. Also, the Ken Silvera <laughs> bit. Uh, I've never met this guy, but he, apparently he does a bit where he puts his glasses down on his nose. And he would, when they were working in the casino, and then he would just walk up to an old lady playing slots and go, listen, I got to go to the room. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. You know, do your thing. That's fine. You do you. But I'm done. I am wiped out. <laughs> he would just say this to some stranger <laughs> old lady and then walk away while you watched it. And I do that to Brooke all the time. Ken Severa did that? Yeah, that was, no, I do it to Brooke. Okay, but you, but Ken Severa actually did that? According to the story I heard, that was his bit he would do. Boy, that is, because that, that's not like the Ken I know. That's really? Like a, yeah, I mean, I like Ken. Ken's a nice guy, but he is, he's like a severe, that Obama's ruining America <laughs> on stage. Like literally he'd go off in these tangents oh, or these, this Bill Clinton, once oh, no. he's out of office, for God's sake, this country, he's that dude. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I've never met the guy. So I love funny. that glasses bit. That's funny. Yeah, right. But uh, so I remember this very distinctly. And then moving to L.A., I remember, uh, you know, we were driving to L.A., me, Graham and Jim, while the trial was getting started. And then, of course, I remember watching the verdict and watching all the shit already being out here and how crazy it was. And, it, you know, that at the time was when, you know, I'm living with two dummies in a two bedroom apartment <laughs> and I'm working temping and trying to hit up all the open mics and comedy shows sure. I can. And so there's not a whole lot to do but talk about this fucking OJ thing. And at the time, it's like, it was, a, for me anyways, and you share your experiences, but I remember at the time thinking, this is fucking crazy, isn't it? Like, other people have committed crimes and murdered people or whatever, but this is now the craziest fucking thing that's ever happened, like, in terms of America and the media and publicity. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think what I love about the show is now the OJ thing has become so big that everything that happened because of it is way bigger than the OJ trial. Uh, case in point, the Kardashians. Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian are much bigger celebrities than their involvement in the, in the OJ trial would lead you to believe. Mm-hmm. However, if it wasn't for that fucking OJ trial and the fact that he killed his wife, which I truly believe he did... They would not be celebrities today. Nobody would know who they are today. All because their dad was one of OJ's best friends. And then he became his lawyer. And 
and it fucking exploded. And there's Ryan Seacrest is possibly as powerful as he is today because he produced, he had an idea for this Kardashian show and it fucking caught fire. And if OJ Simpson hadn't killed his wife and the Kardashians hadn't been (laughs) pregnant, Ryan Seacrest wouldn't be one of the most powerful people on TV. He certainly wouldn't fucking have NBC greenlight a drama that he's producing with J-Lo and fucking Ray Liotta. That's insane. <laughs> but that's that's what's funny to me about the show. And I know a lot of people were like, probably a lot of young people who were kids when it was happening. And they didn't really get it, you know. Like, they watched it the way we watched Watergate, yeah. you know. They didn't really get it. But they watch it now and go, did this really happen? But the funny thing is, most of this stuff, verbatim. Most of the shit that you see people saying in front of the cameras... It's exactly what they said. Yeah. And from what I understand, people who know Robert Shapiro and uh, Robert Kardashian, they're saying that these guys are fucking, they got it down. Yeah. It's exactly what they are. And I'll say this, Cuba, we all laughed at Cuba Gooding Jr. being OJ. I think he's killing it. Uh, I, I did not yeah. laugh when I heard it because, again, that's a dude... He's got an Oscar. Oh yeah, he's a great actor. Okay, so but he's not, you don't think of him when you want to cast OJ. Like in the first sure. episode, Brooke says, "Why is there a statue of Cuba Gooding Jr. at OJ's house?" <laughs> and I said, "No, it's Rod Tidwell from fucking Jerry Maguire, right?" <laughs> and uh, uh, but well, when I first saw it, I said, How, "Why do they have Danny Glover playing Cuba Gooding Jr. playing <laughs> OJ Simpson?" He's 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 growing into like he's he's changing. Yeah. He doesn't look like the young precocious yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. anymore. From- yeah, from Boys from in the Boys Hood. Boys in the Hood, right. Uh, you know what I like? And you, it's funny. You say this show was – that that whole event was so big. Yeah. Huge. And I love that this show makes it small. Mm. This show takes the moments and makes them small. Them, right. the The family in the house. OJ in the car. OJ in the bedroom. Uh, you know, when when Shapiro's giving him the blitney of – the battery of tests with the in doctors. In Kim's bedroom. Don't yes. kill yourself in Kim's bedroom. Yeah. I, and, and just and, – and they're shoehorning in the, them a little bit. Yes. They don't need to. You know, they were not a seminal part of the story. No. I get why you're doing it. It's a nod to them and their presence. But yeah. you don't like you didn't need to cut to them in the chanting Kardashian in the fucking living room. <laughs> but but I love how it's it's taking large history writ small. You know, yeah. Marsha Clark smoking, leaning on a banister, and you those were moments you never considered because they all became a fable. They all became comic book right. characters in this gigantic story that the would look chase, so phony. The chase on the freeway. Yeah. Showing those people driving going, hey, white Bronco. Holy shit, it's OJ's white Bronco. There he is. And them slowing down to keep pace and waving at him. You might think- and him not enjoying a moment of right. it because we're led to believe that he spiked the ball, the football when he got home and he was all happy and yeah. he loved the support. He was fucking miserable, yeah, man. He, he almost and, killed himself and yeah. should have, honestly, for killing his fucking wife. Yes. But I, I'm being fucking honest. I, I teared up at the end of the second one when he walks out of the car and says, sorry to the cops. It was oh, brutal. my God, dude. And he's, cry- he's sobbing. He's soaked in tears and sweat. And he just goes, sorry, you guys. Yeah. Sorry. That that weird self-awareness to go, so, sorry, it's late, I know. And and Cuba makes makes you, there's pathos there. And then in the house when he collapses and he, he talks to his mom on the phone in tears and you're like, fuck, man, that's awful. Yeah. It's all a tragedy. And then it's got the, uh, the double, it's got this other layer of he's apologizing for inconveniencing all these people. Yes. But not for killing anyone. Nope. He's not sorry that he killed anyone if he in fact did it. Uh, at this point, maybe you know I don't you know I don't know what the point of view of the show is going to be that he did it or not. They'll probably not. They probably will just show the facts. Sure. But he, I think it's clear. I mean, OJ has never shown a moment of remorse. None. So either he did it 
or he's a monster. Either he didn't do it, yeah. or he's a fucking monster. He's a monster. And I think we all agree he's a monster. So in this case, that was a great... He was like, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, all my fans and the LAPD who fucking bends over backwards, who has never given me a ticket, yeah. who asked for my... Every cop in LA asked me for my autograph, and he felt like, I'm sorry, guys. In that, not, I'm sorry I killed my wife and started this, but... I'm sorry I was such a dick and inconvenienced you. Well, there's stuff I didn't even know. Like, I, I you know, again, this is a large-ass story, and, and perhaps I just lost certain facts. Yeah. I did not know that he was in a – and it could, be, it could be liberty they took. Yeah. I didn't know he was in a traffic jam and cops had guns on the Bronco and said, get out, and AC wouldn't get out and then drove away. Yeah. Because honestly, you see video now, they fill that fucking Bronco of full of holes. Well, I mean, they don't they, fuck around. There's a guy – look, yeah. there's a black dude in there with a gun. They don't even ask a question. They fucking they go get out. He doesn't, and you just they just start firing. And there's two of them. And if you if you remember that scene was great because as they drove away, one cop says to the older cop in charge, "Are we going to shoot?" He's going, "I'm not going to shoot at O.J. Simpson until I'm ordered." A direct to. order. Yeah. A direct order, which is what you should do first of all. Yeah. But I think that was great because, and I think this is really what I'm getting from the whole series so far in these two episodes that this was the beginning. This was what made it clear that celebrities can get away with murder. Anything they want. Literally. In this case, the fucking DA of the biggest city in the world. For celebrity. Is, I, is a celebrity, yes. But more importantly, he's calling the guy's lawyer and saying, please bring him to us. Yes. Not, we're fucking banging down your door. And arresting you in handcuffs. They did put him in handcuffs. But even then, everyone said, no, 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 no. Get handcuffs off. You notice there's no pictures of OJ in handcuffs anywhere. Except for that one that the, the paparazzi took. And I think even that, that guy got sued. Like, there's, it's not like you can Google a picture of OJ, OJ doing a perp walk. I didn't know that. As opposed to Bill Cosby. Well, I know there, there's that, that shot of him getting to the station late at night. And he's got his hand, because he's touching his nose. His hands are kind right. of free. But they walk him in in the cuffs first. But I think he's got the jacket over the cuffs. Exactly. It's um, not, yeah, it's not like Bill Cosby yeah. takes that fucking long two-minute walk. But there's all those little, there's little winks and nods they've put in there. Because you, know, you have to create kind of dialogue as well. Yeah. When Garcetti says, why is it always the big ones? Why is it, you know, the the the, the Zodiac? The, the Melendez. He says Melendez. And someone else who is a big... Twilight Zone? Twilight. Yes, Twilight Zone. Yeah. Right. And, and you want to just go, well, because you fucked them up. Yes. That, that's that's my favorite part is it's like, he's like, why is it always the big ones? It's like, well, because you kid gloved the shit out of these. Exactly. That's why. Because you let John Landis and the Melendez brothers who weren't even fucking celebrities. They were just rich. Yes. Or at least were going to be rich because of all the money they inherited. He just lets rich people do whatever they want because he knew that eventually he was going to make... Way more money being a technical advisor on major crimes and well, the closer. Well, he also says, though, I was going to run for mayor. You know what I mean? And so yeah. in his mind, he needed the support of the celebrity block. You know, right. you still need endorsements. Right. This town is still about where you sit in a fucking restaurant. Yeah, he's... And yeah, O.J. Simpson was beloved when this happened. Everybody makes a joke and they're like, well, he, he was not a big star at all. No. he was, But he still had the Nordberg shine on him. Which, yep. by the way, it's my uh, my favorite theorem that I ever wrote when I was in chemistry school. The Nordberg shine. The, Nord, the Nordberg shine. Um, but he had. But they that. even say that they go, you know, naked the guy from the Naked Gun. Yes. So they say that. But he was still he was uh, famous for being famous. That sort of thing. He was yep. a football player, and then he became an announcer, and then he became an actor, and he was he did all those things. Yeah. Uh, so he still had cachet in this town. Yes, and here's what people don't understand. Now, all you young people who basically grew up after OJ was a murderer, we grew up watching him in commercials. 
uh, when you couldn't fast forward past commercials and you thanked God when there was an interesting one on TV and him running through airports and shit, that was great. We all love that. Every, every 70s variety show had a skit about it, you know, when we were growing up. Then we watched him on SNL where he fucking murdered, no pun intended, but he was hilarious on that. Remember the great sketch? They're watching Walter Payton play football. He's got the voodoo doll. And he runs into the kitchen and stabs a voodoo doll yep. of Walter Payton. Hysterical, brilliant. He's playing himself. That's like classic SNL right there. And yet, that is not funny now. <laughs> and all that shit in the naked gun, not funny, because this guy killed, killed his wife. So it was a big deal to us to go, really? I mean... Growing up in Michigan, Black History Month, I heard the word OJ a gazillion times yeah. because he was a hero to the black community, which brings me to my other point about what I love about this show is how he, in fact, did become a white man until he got arrested. And the black dudes in that fucking, in Chris Darden's backyard, yeah. they say it flat out. Well, they agree. Yeah, you're probably right. But the cops are chasing him. He's black now. He's black now. And yeah. they and Johnny Cochran went, yeah, he is black now, and got him off. And it really, I mean, say what you want about uh, the guy who did this show. What's his fucking name? The Glee guy? He also did American Horror Story? No clue his name. Ryan, uh, whatever. Yeah, Ryan, uh, Ryan Murphy. Okay. This is his show. So, I mean, I thought Glee fucking needed to be put out of its misery. I screamed creams. I couldn't watch five minutes of it. This last season, American Horror Story... Hated, but this fucking show nails it, I think. It really gets to the point of what it should be about, and it tells it well, and the acting is dynamite. And I'll say this, last thing. Every once in a while when I see a cameo of someone like Selma Blair playing Chris Jenner or some bullshit like that, it makes me laugh. Yeah, so I'm okay. well, the best is the opening credits when you see names. You're going, I cannot wait to see what Cheryl Ladd is doing. You know what I mean? Just right. that sort of thing. Yes. And it's that this could have been... A ridiculous one-off fucking cartoon. Yep. But they're making it real and they're making it count. I mean, yep. fuck it. Again, I can't express enough. OJ, I teared up. I, I fucking got tears in my eyes watching him say, yeah. sorry, guys, and then talk to his mom on the phone. And again, at the time, you just were like, we were watching it from afar going, this is a fucking joke. This whole right. thing's a show. It's it's silliness. And then it's totally when was. they, you know, the trial was and Judge Ito and the dancing Itos and all this shit that sprung up, sprung up around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but to see them actually treat it the way they're treating it in a a serious fashion. Yeah. I, there's a scene where Marsha Clark says, uh, "Did he just say that he was a battered husband?" And the in the other assistant, the the co prosecutor just goes, "Well, he did cut his hand when he killed her." And I'm like, "That is dark. That right? is dark humor." But that's what they would say, and it works. Absolutely. You know, so it, and- it gets into real. Things about a what is basically a ludicrous cartoon of a situation. Right, yeah. If you told somebody who had never heard of O.J. Simpson or any of this situation at all, if you told them this story, they'd assume you made at least 90% of it right. up. And you, you weren't embellishing. The other thing that they did right was getting really good actors. And unlike American Horror Story casting fucking Lady Gaga and people like that, they got Oscar-winning actors and people they didn't use before. Uh... What's the guy's name playing Johnny Cochran? Clancy? Clancy? Courtney B. Vance. Courtney B. Vance. He's phenomenal. One of the best actors in the country. He's killing it on this show. Um, They're all killing it. Literally, the guy who's doing Darden is killing it. I mean, everybody is is great. John Travolta is good. I I, want to get there. Are we getting there? (laughs) Well, here's what I'll say about John Travolta. (laughs) Are we getting there yet? And David Schwimmer, too. I want to say, you might think it's ludicrous to cast the guy from Friends and John Travolta, but these guys know how to act. And more importantly... 
I think the hard thing about being in this show would be winking, you know? Yes. You would have to, it would that's, be so hard not to go, look at me. I'm such gonna... a great fucking point because that's what I meant when I said they're making, they're taking yes. real out of a cartoon because they yeah. could be totally smirking at this. Exactly. They could be making it a and silly a show, bit, like a, a docudrama almost. Right? But no, man, this is not a fucking movie of and the week so far. And that's why you cast David Schwimmer and John Travolta and Cuba Gooding Jr. because people go, Oh, these guys are for real. And Courtney B. Vance, because right now yes. he's dominating this fucking thing. Absolutely. And, uh, and people are, uh, you know, I, I will admit, I fell victim to the Twitter Facebook trap. That thing where it's it's dismissed immediately out of hand. Right, right. And then the night it aired, uh, I saw, because I couldn't, I watched it, I watched them both again. I watched them both today. Yeah. So, uh, I saw people go, hey, man, every time I watch this, I go, oh, look, there's John Travolta in a, no, in a putty nose. And hey, every time I watch, I, here's this. And I'm and so I, I in my head, I was like, oh, is it that? Because I didn't yeah. know. And then I hear people going, well, I need more of shots of the Kardashian girls. And I'm like, oh, they're not doing it like that, are they? Because, again, that American Horror Story guy can get a little pulpy. Yeah. So I, I fucking – then I watched it today and I was unbelievably pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Look, look, I would marry John Travolta. I, he can do whatever he wanted to me. Yeah. I would I, I would gladly do it and print pictures of it. I fucking – I've been all over him. I, one time I was asked in an interview as a comic on the road, if you could change your life with anybody else's, who would you be? I said, John Travolta. The reporter laughed at me. And I said, I don't give a fuck if you laugh at me. This was after he This was is Pulp Fiction, the uh, Michael, the, Michael the Angel movie. I'm like, uh-huh. He's making $20 million a movie. He's got Absolutely. jets. He's fucking, he's, and he's talented. And he's fucking John yeah. Travolta. Look at him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. in this movie, he could be a, a fucking caricature. He could be a fathead. But from the second you see him holding court with all those plastic surgery Botox chicks in that restaurant. Yeah. And he's talking about Marlon Brando's son. And that's a nod to another celebrity case. Right. And it sets you up immediately with who he is as a fucking guy. Yep. And and from the jump, you're on him. And what's funny is I said well, – as soon as he, I saw him and he said that line, I turned to Brooke and went – he's talking about Christian Brando, right? And she went, I have no idea who that is or That's what, exactly what, what you're doing. About. And I went, oh, okay. So like you know, being from Canada, she didn't you – know, obviously not – I think probably most Americans don't know Marlon Brando had a son. Yeah. Don't know his name's Christian. Don't know he killed someone. <laughs> all that shit. Uh, Brooke, of course, had no idea, and she's from Canada. But you want to see Travolta act in this show, all right? In the first two episodes, because he's doing he's doing a take on a, on on fucking Shapiro, and he's nailing it. Okay, and he's yeah. playing a, essentially an effete rich guy who's never had a fucking thing to worry about in his life. Yes. Until the moment the cops come, and he even gives them the whole hey, Chief Williams. He's a friend of mine. Do you guys know him? Uh-huh. And then Schwimmer comes in with the fucking ghost face and goes, "He's gone." You want to see acting? Watch Travolta go. He's gone. He drops. Right. Everything changes. He's got because he's in control of every single fucking situation in his life. Yeah. And then he realizes everything fell apart. His image fell apart. Everything is falling apart. OJ's gone. So he, how's he going to spin this? And you see the crack. And it reminded me of the the scene in, Fault, in one of my favorite lines in Pulp Fiction is when he looks at Rosanna Arquette and he goes. Uh, give me a pen because they're drawing the, the they're going to give the adrenaline shot to Uma Thurman oh, right, right. and he goes give me a pen and she goes what and he goes a marker a sharpie and she goes what and he goes a fuck pen man a fucking pen like and it's because he's so he's trying to just cope with the situation but he loses it and it, his voice breaks just like that he goes a fuck pen a marker magic marker and it's it reminded me of that in that moment because he just the face the whole thing cracks yeah. and he goes he's gone like it's everything just fell apart in that moment because he's so used to being in control of every situation right. that's fucking acting and that's not a Absolutely. wink or a nod and and then the and then the the whole thing that comes out of that. Well, we got to hold our own press conference. And you go, oh, that's a great idea. But then he just talks about himself the whole fucking time. OJ, what were the last thing he said to you? He thanked me for our service. And the little smile, Amazing. the fucking little Amazing. smile at the end of it is just yeah. this. Because you see, he's like, I'm back in control of this situation. Yeah. And here is Bob Kardashian, a wonderful, wonderful, great friend of of OJ Simpson. I, and you're just, yes. he, I, I, 
I'm almost mad that he's going to be out. I mean, yeah, the, right? you know what I mean? Because he's got to be only in the first four because yeah. fucking Shapiro bowed out. Yeah. But God, I would watch him do that all That's day. That's how they got him, obviously. They said, you're going to be in the first three or four episodes. It'll be all about you. And then. And also how he doesn't get. Well, he's a producer on it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, he probably had yeah. to get the producing credit, too. Sure. But also, he fucking shows up at home. He's not even listening to the fucking chase. He's listening to that bad jazz. Yeah, the right? And he walks in the house and she's like, "Are you you know what's going on? And he goes, yeah, I had a press conference and I filled the gas tank. He, has, he doesn't give a fuck about anybody else in the world nope. except himself. It's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. The other thing I like about speaking of Schwimmer is because uh, at the time, only uh, nobody knew who Robert Kardashian was until he basically uh, re- got his lawyer's license back and... And, uh, and he read the notes. And became... Because the problem was, for the you people li- uh, listening at home who don't know, a lot of people knew a lot of shit about OJ, and they didn't want them to get called to the stand. So, like, Rosie Greer, who OJ supposedly confessed to, because he's an ordained minister, they said, okay, you can't call can't Rosie. But then, like, guys like uh, Kardashian, and there was another guy uh, who's a fucking scumbag lawyer. I can't remember what, what his name was. But they knew shit. And so they said, okay, well, you went to law school, right? Okay, here, let's get your license up to date, and then you're on our team, and then they can't call you. And that's the only reason Kardashian did that. That's the only reason he was on their team was because he knew so much shit about OJ that he would have been called to the stand. And so it's almost like he got caught up in it because the truth is he was just OJ's friend. He was just a dude who was friends with OJ and wanted to do best by him. And then he got like swept into it. And I remember at the time thinking, this Kardashian guy's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. What a scumbag he is. And then you see all the people who, all his children and his ex-wife, who I didn't even know they were not married until years after. And you go, oh, well, of course he's a piece of shit. Look at his piece of shit family. <laughs> but the truth is, he was the only one in that family who was worth a fuck. Yeah. He was a good guy who raised, who worked hard, raised this huge Armenian family. Obviously, none of them knew the fucking, the value of a day's work and still don't. All his fucking, what, five kids, his ridiculous wife. He gave them all plastic surgery. Um, he even adopted Chloe, who's clearly not his fucking daughter. Yeah. He's OJ's daughter, probably. She's OJ's daughter. Some chick that Chris Jenner, some guy Chris Jenner fucked. <laughs> Robert Kardashian was the greatest American. He was a true American success story. He's, he and AC Collins are OJ Simpson's only loyal friends. True. It's so true. Yeah. And now, not only has history forgotten about them like yeah. the one guy says who's ac cowlings and he's like oh, a little oj oj ac get it he's basically the shitty oj and he was so that's how he's remembered not as a great friend but as this oj jr robert kardashian not remembered as his great friend who worked hard and raised this great family and provided but he's the dead guy whose daughter fucked ray j and now is super famous he's chris's ex that, that's what he's known he's as. Chris's he's Chris's ex. He's, a, he's, he's guy, a last name. He's the guy who Chris... Because a lot of people think Chris Bruce Jenner is the, those kids' dad. No. He's four syllables. Yeah. And, and that's so just... so fucking sad. But, but at the same time, maybe this show will do something toward letting yes. us look at him in a different light the yes. way it has for me <laughs> with Johnny Cochran. Because yeah. at the time... He was the villain. He was the main totally. guy you hated. He's defending a murderer, and you're like, this guy's a piece of shit. It's yep. fucking terrible. And now you look back, and you just go, you know what that guy was doing? The best fucking job he could. Killing The it. best job in the world, and yeah. he dominated everybody. Yeah. He was doing he was, his job well and better than anyone else. Yeah. Like I he, said, I did a 180 on Trump. I, I've done a complete 180 on Johnny Cochran in the ensuing yeah. years. You're just like, that motherfucker just walked in and said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And, and also, then did it. Yeah, and also, the more people hated him, 
the better he was. Yes. He said, feel free to hate me because that means they're not hating OJ. It's gorgeous. They feel bad for OJ. Hate me all you want. I remember when South Park did uh, something with Johnny Cochran back when he was alive. He comes in for some trial and he's talking about uh, Chewbacca, how Chewbacca lives on the moon of Endor. <laughs> how can anybody live on the moon of Endor? It's a moon. Why does Chewbacca and the Ewoks live on the moon of Endor? Why don't they live on Endor? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, then he, and then he says, now you might ask, why am I talking about Chewbacca during a murder trial? <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. That's the kind of thing that, that Johnny Cochran will be remembered for, honestly. Oh, yeah. He was kind of lucky to die early, I think. Uh, not well, that anyone's lucky to die. Sure, but. because he'd just be Judge Johnny on some fucking court exactly. show. Exactly. He died before his he legend could be is intact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're seeing kernels of he actually cared about the people he defended. He cared about his yeah. race. He, you know, that was he actually was invested. He wasn't just a piece yeah. of shit looking for a buck. He wasn't Robert Shapiro. Right. He was a real lawyer with a real like when and, they're all watching the trial and he walks in and the guy says, "You want me to tell everybody to get back to work?" Yeah. It's like a real law office there where they're, they're not Hollywood fuckheads. Right. And there's nothing wrong with liking money and nice suits. There's nothing wrong with being great at your fucking yeah. job and then profiting from the fruits of your fucking Especially labor. Especially when you're the boss. Yes. He was the boss. And he, and he worked in that shitty office Durden worked in yeah. and worked his way the fuck out of it exactly. and made himself into Johnny fucking Cochran. Made himself into Jackie fucking Childs. Do you remember the year that... Outrageous. Do you remember the year that Pete and Rami... Sent out that Christmas yes. card. I was astonished by it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was living with Graham at the time, and they sent it to Graham. And I went, I opened it up and went, oh, my God, is oh, this their kid? Uh, what they did, they were in an airport. And Our friends Pete Moore and Robbie Angelique. They're Chicago comedians who now live out here in Los Angeles. And they're, they're super funny. And uh, at so the time, great. their son, Spencer, was a baby. And they were in an airport, and they saw Johnny Cochran, and they were like, hey, can we get a picture? And he goes, sure, come on in. And they went, no, 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 just hold our baby, please. <laughs> so they got this great picture of Johnny Cochran holding Spencer as a baby, and the Christmas card says, Merry Christmas from Spencer Moore and his attorney. It's so perfect. <laughs> it was so, we kept it on our fridge for years until we moved out of that apartment. Yeah. I would look at it every day and think, God, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's so awesome. And then he died. And I, it, it's funny to hear Rami tell the story because he like almost insisted, no, no, everybody get in it. And then, you know, they felt bad because they're nice people. Yeah. They didn't want to say, no, 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 we're it's, doing this as a joke. This is a goof. We're going to make fun of you in our Christmas cards, so please. But yeah. they couldn't say that. And you know what's funny so is I didn't great. even look at it as making fun. I just It was one of those things mm. where you're just like, yeah. that's astonishing. Yeah, you that's know, such a Because you know, we see people all the, the time, best. celebrities. I mean, Chips sent the one out with Shaq. You right. know what I mean? All those things. And I mean, motherfucker, to see just, just to get that and just go, right? wow, what the hell? Yeah, it was just it was all about timing. I remember one time we saw me and Brooks saw Catherine O'Hara in the airport. Ugh. We were in Toronto, and you know, not only is Catherine O'Hara great, but if you're a young woman growing up in Canada, she's probably your idol. Sure, and of course she is. And I said to Brooke, "You got to go over and talk to her." We're in the fucking gate. You know, we're at the gate waiting. She's just sitting there talking to her friend waiting for a plane like us. I said, you have to go over and tell her that you're a huge fan. She will she will be happy that you did it, and you can probably get a picture. When is this ever going to happen again? Because when we flew to Toronto, she was on that plane too. And so now we're flying back to L.A., and she's on our plane again. I said, this is never going to happen again. It happened twice now. You're never going to see her again. You have to take this opportunity. <laughs> and we did. We went over, and she said, I'm a huge fan. I took a picture of the two of them. And that's you have to take... Your opportunities when shit like that happens. Yes. When you see Johnny Cochran, you got to go, okay, 
And I don't just want to get a picture of Johnny Cochran. I got to spin this. I got to do, I got to make him say a thing or do a thing on my voicemail yeah. or whatever. I got to get it because they have that picture forever now, which is pretty great. Um, so you're going to continue watching Full Frontal? Uh, I will. Yeah, absolutely. And OJ, of course, we're both I'm deep in. in. I mean, I'm so in. 100%. And I, and I got to be honest, if, if you're the guys at FX, you're, you're locking Ryan, whatever the fuck his name is up for the Ryan next 40 Murphy, years. Yeah. And you're going to do this with every case forever. Like that would be great. It just, there's so many cases that you can go and explore. You can dive into mm-hmm. none that became this kind of circus. This is certainly unique in the American justice yeah, system. It has to be the first one. But you can even then you can even do smaller ones that were maybe more localized, like uh, like shit that happened you know maybe in New York City that we didn't give a fuck about that wasn't necessarily you know national news but like we heard about it like uh, I don't know I want to say like the uh, Anthony Weiner thing even though that wasn't a trial yeah but just something small like that that was like oh that's kind of weird let's go to court. You might, you might as well. He did this fucking American Horror Story show. Or there might, you know what? There may just be magic here, and he doesn't need to to, to drive it into the ground. Mm, you know, we'll maybe. see. But I'm telling you, speaking I, I, of magic, you should do a show about magic, like Magic Johnson. Yeah, right. Uh, I was talking just like the general <laughs> magic. <laughs> no, do a show about magic. Blackstone. All right. How, no, but how great would that show be? You show about like how magic basically came up from poverty, mm-hmm. growing up was the shit, was the best in the world. And did kind of what OJ did, turned his back, but then went, uh, I got to give back. And then all of a sudden gets the AIDS. And now show how um, the black community didn't care about AIDS at all until Magic Johnson got it. Even though there was hundreds and thousands of black men dying of AIDS, they didn't care because, you know, they're gay, right? So who cares? But they show that part, how it affected America, then show how Magic came back. How he did give back to the community, open the theaters, all the shit. His shitty, do a scene about his shitty talk show. That's hilarious, you know. <laughs> you have a guy playing fucking Tommy Davidson, uh, you know, and shit like that. That's the show I want to see. Well, there, there are, I say this all the time. I mean, there are so many stories. It's ridiculous. Like, if you, if you wrote OJ as a movie, nobody would fucking believe it. Nobody. Right? Because there were so many villains and heroes yeah. and then heroes who turned out to be villains and then these yeah. people orbiting on the on the outside of it who then became larger than life the kardashians and you just i i here's this should say all you should know about how important the oj trial was or whatever when they had the scene not, not even important omnipresent <laughs> when i saw the funeral scene in the show and i saw selma blair there i went oh that's faye resnick who she's standing next to? I go. I go. Oh, oh that's, yeah. I go. That's Connie Britton was Faye Resnick. But yeah. I knew. I didn't. So I didn't funny. have to look it up. I didn't go do anything at all. I went. Oh, that's Kardashian, uh, Chris Kardashian and, yeah. and, and Faye Resnick. It was funny because I, I just knew. I, I should know who the fuck Faye right? Resnick is. Exactly. I, I knew Selma Blair. I didn't get the Faye Resnick thing until they said it. But I didn't even know but who the yeah. actress was. I went. Oh, that's supposed to be Faye Resnick. That that's what I'm talking yes. about. Because again, for you people who are too young. While that was going, while the trial was going on, every single one of those people were on TV. Faye Resnick and Chris Jenner and AC Collings, everybody who had anything to do with this and was an adult and was willing to be in front of a camera was. They were on Maury. Fred Goldman. <laughs> Fred Goldman. Well, obviously, he. I will say of all these things, that's the probably the saddest part of all this. Sure. That this guy, uh, and I don't, and not even Fred, but Ron. This dude was just a dude. Who was in the wrong place at the wrong time? He got fucking mutilated and murdered. Well, and there's that there's that old joke. Uh, I didn't even know who's com- what comedian it was, and I apologize for not giving uh, some sort of uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, saying who did it. But Crazy, it was the yeah. old, uh, the sad part. One of the greatest tragedies in American history 
is that Mrs. Lincoln had already seen the play. Or Abe Lincoln had already seen the play. And I, I chilled at the guy's punchline. Well, that's right. why. And I, so whenever I thought of that, I was like, one of the greatest tragedies in American history is that Nicole Simpson had a backup pair of glasses. You know what I mean? It's like there's no reason for him to come home and exactly. deliver the, all that. You think I just wandered in and got fucking carved up? I mean, chances are they were, they were you know, oh, of course. doing it. You don't light but 77 again. candles if you're not banging away there. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's and because then Ron Goldman goes, what? Or rather, Fred Goldman goes, what? O.J. Simpson killed my son? Yep. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, of all the bad news you could get in your life, that is not the one you're thinking, right? Like, what is the worst thing you could hear? And people go, okay, well, check this out. Yeah. That's the worst thing that could hear? Well, I got good news for you then. Yeah. O.J. killed your your son. (laughs) What? That's almost a joke. And it's funny because then when when you watch him in interviews and shit, and that, by that, by that time, like the trial was, you know, winding down and stuff, and Fred Goldman just wanted to make sure everybody knew he killed my son because everybody talked about Nicole yeah. constantly. But he killed my son, and and even people who were like, yeah, well, if you cheat, you're gonna get your head cut off. You know, even people who were who were defending OJ couldn't mm-hmm. defend him on the Goldman thing, right? Because you don't kill the dude for who's fucking your wife. You kill your wife, I guess, is their thinking. Well, and also in this show, it's funny to hear uh, him on the phone with Robert Kardashian from the Bronco. And he says, say goodbye to Marcus Allen. Right. Marcus Allen fucked Nicole. That's right. You know what I mean? So you're like, yes. wait, uh, that's interesting that all of a sudden Marcus is in your fucking, your prayers because yeah, that's right. a dude who, it's another guy whose head you should have cut off. Yeah, right. Well, I'm, you know, obviously they were divorced and she was fucking all kinds of people because uh, she can, but it's a crazy fucking thing. So, I mean, if anything, watch <laughs> Hold the on show. a second. She was fucking all kinds of people? Should we not, let's, let's not do that. We don't no, know for she, sure. No, I'm saying... My point is, she wasn't cheating on OJ. They were divorced. Right, they were divorced. She could do whatever yes, she wanted. That's the point I'm making. Oh, okay. I'm not saying like she was a bad person. For no, no. If you want to light saying. a thousand candles and have right. a fucking bowl of ice cream, go I'm ahead saying, and do it. Most likely, she was fucking all kinds of people. Because why are you doing that? I'm saying because you can do that. No. If you could fuck all kinds of people, wouldn't you? I don't know about all that. Really? Well, of course I would. I mean, okay. I'm not going to. I'm going to commit a relationship, but at the same time, yes. But, I'm but, saying if you weren't in a relationship uh-huh. and you were the kind of guy who could go out. We know these guys. We are not this guy. But we know the guy who can go out at night and, and pretty much go home with a lady or take her home, whatever, whenever he wants. If you were that guy, wouldn't you be doing it? Maybe not now that we're almost 50. But if you were a young man doing that and could do it, wouldn't you do it well, all the it's, time? It's like I've often said. If I had a big dick, I would not wear pants. There you go. So that's my point. So people, when people said, yeah, Mike goes around, he never wears pants. We're not saying that as a bad thing. We're <laughs> saying, yeah, Mike never wears pants. You know why? Uh, He's got a huge cock. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Nicole Brown went around fucking guys. You know why? Because she's a single woman who can do whatever the fuck she wants. Right. That's what I'm saying. I see. Okay. There's, no, thought, there's nothing bad about fucking I was going to say, let's guys. not slut shame a woman who's been dead I'm for not. 20 years. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a slut. So not I'm at not, all. I'm not slut shaming. That's my point. Is she was married to this guy who was a violent, fucking, uh, controlling asshole. Gave him two gorgeous kids, at least at the time. And, uh, and then eventually said, enough. And did the right thing and left him. And she ended up being murdered for it. That's not okay. Everything she did was okay. She didn't deserve to be murdered. That's what I'm trying to say. She can fuck anyone she wants. Yes. You don't deserve to be murdered because your ex-husband didn't want you walked in on you fucking a dude. I think you spun this in a weird way, but <laughs> we can all agree she could fuck whoever she wanted. Yes. And we can all agree she should not have been murdered. Yeah, I think, yeah. 
I, but I'm telling you, there are people in this world, and I'm willing to bet there's somebody listening to this podcast right now who goes, no, man, if my wife cheats on me, I'll cut her fucking head off. Oof. And that's the problem. That's what I'm saying. Well, sure. That's why, I, that's why I feel the need to say you can fuck whoever you want without fear of being murdered. You should be able to have that freedom. Right? <laughs> okay. Because it sounds... That's my favorite caveat of all time, I think. <laughs> well, because you're saying that's such a ridiculous thing to say, which I agree. Well, that's a, but that's a really good qualifier. I think you have to step in here and explain over... That, but that speaks to who we are as people now. Yes, and you have to over-explain this to people. It it's is. Like, mm. Well, the funny thing is, David would understand my point. David, because I do this all the time. But it's a, a, it's a fucking ridiculous world that we live in that I have to say, no, 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 I'm not slut-shaming anyone. And the fact that, you know, they're... Just the fact that there's one dude in the world who thinks, yeah, it's okay to kill your wife if she cheats on you. It's ridiculous. Yes, agreed. And and if there's one dude who's thinking that, you know, that's what this show is cool about, I think. Because, uh, you know, I think they'll get to the end and they'll never, you know, they'll just show the fact. They'll just show what happened. Well, they're not going to cast any sort of, uh, they're not going to no. insinuate any opinion into it. But when Fred Goldman shows up and more uh, of these adults who were friends and Nicole Brown's sister, who was very vocal at the time. Yes. You remember her? When those characters show up, they are not going to fucking hold back. And they're going to make it clear. Like, they're going to say, well, Nicole was cheating and this and that. Those characters are going to be the mouthpieces for justice that say, who, it doesn't matter what somebody does. You don't have the right to cut their fucking head off. Yeah. And, that, and that's what's going to come out of this. And, I don't know, just another reason why the show is good. So, I think it's going to get great. And people who badmouthed it are going to... Like eventually start watching it. That was just Twitter nonsense, where everybody's like, "Oh, look at this! And look at the makeup!" Ha ha ha! And but it's like, "Well, if no. You, if you if you pay attention to it, yeah. I mean, there was there was real substance." If you I, don't I watch the it. show, that's all you're going to say. But it's like sometimes you can do that with a show and not watch it and make fun of it because it looks ridiculous and nobody watches it. And then it's like you know you don't have to watch the show to make fun of it because we all agree it's ridiculous. What's going to happen is a month from now, everyone's going to be watching this show. And the people who made fun of it are going to be like, ugh, I used to make fun of this. They're going to start deleting all their tweets. If, if you had any sort of uh, reservations about watching it, remove them and watch it. Because they are not winking. They are not treating it silly. They're not making fun. They're doing a straight-ahead yeah. recitation with yeah. brilliant actors at the helm and, and great storytellers. And you, you really yeah. should see it. And it's, if you had any reservation for Valentine's Day plans, <laughs> I'm sure you've missed them because <laughs> – uh, you're listening to this long after Valentine's Day. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the other thing is uh, about the show. It, uh, fuck. I was going to make another point and I forgot what it was now. What were you saying about? Because <laughs> I was concentrating so hard. Well, I was on talking about how they aren't winking and nodding at this. And they're yeah, actually yeah, yeah. doing a serious take on right. what could be a cartoon. They could have made this silly. They could have done foolishness with it. And they yeah. could have made it over the top. But it's not. They're telling a fucking story that we right. all know. And they're telling it in a fresh way. This is what I was going to say. At the time when the trial was going on, because there were no cameras allowed uh, for the whole trial. I think parts of it. But... Uh, like no testimony was get they weren't allowed to record testimony, but they were allowed to record just the judge talking, Edo talking was why he got famous. But so E, I don't know if you remember this, E did a show. I do. Where they fucking got the transcripts and basically put on a little play. Yes. And it's funny because at the time people went, oh, this is ridiculous. And it looked cheap and shitty. And of course they had to rush it into production and they had no money behind it. This is the big money version of that. 
That's all it is. They're taking what happened because they have what is are essentially transcripts, all this footage from the news mm-hmm. and interviews. They have everything they have. The only thing they don't have is actual footage of the murder. Yeah. They have footage of every single thing. So they put it all together and they're making this little play based on all this information. And but a, a little play does a, a disservice. It is you – know, this is yeah. a an un – blinking eye in an unvarnished take. And I, I, like right. I said, they're taking a large story and making it small again yes. so you can kind of relive that's, it. Well, it's like Little a, things like when they, uh, and I, I don't do this just because my good friend is in it, but uh, the scene in the control room where he comes in and he's like trying to decide between the NBA basketball game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the director of the telecast is my friend David. Right. Uh, David Lawrence. And right, right. and he's, by the way, fucking great in that yeah, little, just these little scene. throwaways and yeah. the way he does it. And uh, But again, those were decisions that had to be made. These were, and, that, and those little decisions led to this being so such a large story. If yeah. you don't go national with this fucking story, you don't go and cut into the NBA Finals, maybe nobody fucking cares. And it's the Bulls, too. That was the other thing. Brooks says, wow, the NBA Finals? I go, Not the yeah. Bulls. Are you sure? Nixon Rockets. I but thought... still, a New York market. It was a okay. giant oh, market. You're right. New York. Because Jordan right. wasn't playing at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was the year after that. Yes. Okay. But I'm saying it's like a play in that sense that it's not a big production. True. There's not, you know, aside from the, even the, the freeway chase looked less produced than the actual freeway chase. Right. You know what I mean? You watch footage of the actual freeway and it's him going 40 miles an hour down the street with a bunch of cars around him and people going, hooray, hooray. They showed the smaller version. They showed the one person on the bridge. That's why I'm saying, person. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're taking a large story and making it small. And, yes. and it's what Man, I, we I, are geniuses. One moment that, I, that I, I'm disappointed was not in it, and it, you, if you YouTube this, find it. Um <laughs> It's the moment where they come out and the police basically announce that he has not come in. It's my favorite moment of, the, of virtually the entire OJ thing because this guy says, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Mr. Simpson was to turn himself in this, this today at noon. Mr. Simpson then was supposed to turn himself in at 3. And then he goes, at this moment, the Los Angeles Police Department is actively seeking Mr. Simpson. Yeah. And you hear the press corps go... Oh, <laughs> because they're astonished by it. They can't even believe the fucking turn that this story took. Yeah. And then you find out he's in the Bronco and then you find and out they he's show gone. Everybody running out and getting yes. in their cars going to look for him. They don't even know where he nope. is. They're just going to drive around L.A. looking for him. Yeah. But that Crazy. scene, that realistic moment where the, the cop, I forget even who he was, but uh, he just says, you know, the the, the Los Angeles Kids Department is actively seeking Mr. Simpson. That's and you hear even, crazy. like I said, even the assembled jaded fucking press corps goes, oh, it's fucking beautiful. And that's a real life moment. So go find it on YouTube. Yes, find, yeah, that's and, awesome. one, and there was a documentary, a 30 for 30, that is done on that date. Oh, really? June 13th, 1994. Nice. You find that because it's brilliant because it interweaves the OJ Chase with the NBA Finals, with Arnold Palmer's final U.S. Open, which wow. they are Masters, which they give a nod to in the show itself, okay. with the fact that the World Cup opened that day in America, Jesus. and Ken Griffey Jr. I think hit three homers in a game <laughs> that day. So this guy cuts; it's like a remote. It's like, and they turn to the channels oh, cool. to all these different things. June thirteenth, nineteen ninety four. It's called. It's a thirty for thirty from ESPN, and it has that moment I'm talking about where he says they're actively seeking OJ Simpson. It's right. brilliant, but that's a great show to see too. All right, so watch that too. Okay, now did you uh, tell people where they can get in? The podcast to listen to. Did we already do that? I didn't that? mention the podcast. You yeah, know, uh, I, I do a show called The 40-Year-Old Boy, which is available in iTunes. Uh, it's the number four zero. So look up The 40-Year-Old Boy or Mike Schmidt in iTunes. Uh, it's also available at art19.com. You can listen straight from there. It's in Stitcher. It's in fucking every other goddamn place <laughs> where you can find podcasts. Uh, but the show is called The 40-Year-Old Boy. And uh, again, like I said, there's MikeSchmidtComedy.com. 
go to that website and find me there. You can write me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You can find me at Facebook.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. You can find me at Twitter.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. And I will tell you this, upcoming this month, uh, February 22nd, Monday, uh, tickets are on sale now at BrownPaperTickets.com for a show I'm producing called 2020. Three comics doing 20 minutes each, me, uh, my great friend Riley Silverman and my even better friend Graham Elwood. Not to slight Riley, I apologize. Uh, but Graham Elwood is going to be there. Riley Silverman, two very, very funny comedians. And uh, I will also be there. And it's, it could be stand-up, it could be storytelling. But the the thing is, it gives you a little more time to see these guys. Because usually in town, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize, these, uh, these comedians. Because in town... Uh, usually it's a showcase town, so you get like eight to ten minutes. Right. Well, it gives them a little more room to breathe. So oh, that's good. Brandy Posey uh, used to do a show like that, but it was a, <laughs> she stopped doing it because she said it was a drag. Because unlike regular shows where people say, "Hey, I want to do your show," and six of them do it, she had three people on every show, and it was like every week she's like. Look, look, I'm booked for a year now. <laughs> Just get back to me in a year. Well, I'd right? like to have that problem. I had, I had some trouble. I, you know, I called Ryler right away, and she committed immediately. And then I had a couple people fall out. I, I contacted like really? five or six other people. Yeah, but then Graham luckily was in town, so we got him. Well, that's cool. You should have Jim do that too. I'd like to. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I would do it, but I don't have 20 minutes. Oh, that's why I didn't ask you. <laughs> so, so the tickets are at brownpapertickets.com, and it's at the three clubs on Vine at Santa Monica Monday night, February 22nd. Uh, it's called 2020, and we. We hope you'll come out and see us tell stories or do stand-up or whatever we're going to do. It'll be a funny show. Um, okay, so next week, uh, David will be gone again next week, and uh, my guest will be Sax Carr, uh, who's a, a giant nerd, and we will talk about The Flash and Gravity Falls. I got some emails that people want me to talk about Gravity Falls. The show is ending. Have you ever seen that show? I've not. I follow the creator on Twitter. Yeah, it's a great show, and it's the the series finale is on tonight, I think. So we'll be talking about the last episode of Gravity Falls and uh, that week's episode of The Flash next week with Zach's car. Um, and that's it. Any anything else we should we should talk about or tell the folks at home? We've plugged. We've covered everything. You have a wonderful new house, and and thanks for having me, dude. I always love doing it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you just have to say that. Oh, okay. Uh, that's so what, that's what that's how David ends the show every week. Ah, I see. So, folks, please remember, watch this. There you go. Hi, I'm Troy Stevens. Just warming up for tonight's show. And if you think practice makes perfect, then you don't know Jack.